0: Love, talk Radio.
1: This show is dedicated to my mother and father. From beginning to end, we'll always love you.
0: Ready, sit, uh-huh.
2: Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports, news, and talk. Join Sonny
1: Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co host anyone could ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all NFL, NBA,
0: MLB, NHL, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. Now, it's time. Here's Sonny Clark.
1: All right, everybody, welcome into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the working man in sports radio. Coming to you here on a Sunday as the Sunday morning tradition continues here in our 10th tent- Season. It's that being set. We'll get Cuervo in here. Uh, he's going to be in and out today as Mrs. Cuervo um, is not working. So I have a feeling what I think the set is, and I could be wrong, This Cuervo is going to lay down for a little bit, and then I'll get Cuervo in here. Um, and we'll be talking sports. We'll be talking the AFC and the MFC South. Um, lots of interesting teams in this one. I've got, a, I've, I, I've got a. I don't want to call it a shocker, but I think something's going to happen within one of these divisions of football. I think something's big is developing for one other team. Um, so a couple of teams uh, with some couple stories, interesting stories outside of what I think would be considered the norm. For those football teams, so eight football teams will be looking at in the AFC and the NFC South. We'll be doing a lot of that, but of course, the first week in July, usually we are sitting there looking at the championship there. Um, are coming to you from Wimbledon. Wimbledon uh, kicked off on Monday, and I'm going to tell you a fantastic thing has happened. Uh, Good, bad, and indifferent. It just depends on what you think about Venus Williams um, as far as where she is at this point of her career. Um, But uh, the big news coming to you from the All England Club is that Venus Williams lost in the first round of Wimbledon. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily the first time that has happened uh, for Venus Williams. Uh, My guess would be that it would be. Um, If it's not, it might only have happened one time before. Take away from that, this is a big, big story, not because of what uh, Serena Williams is, okay, or Venus Williams is. Venus Williams is a badass. I don't care what you – you can talk all about Serena Williams as well, but there was a Williams sister that came before her. Um, so a little bit of difference with the older, different type of game, different kind of play uh, compared to Serena. So, uh, And if you keep track of tennis, and I do, guys. We don't talk about it on the show, but I keep track of the the Grand Slams of tennis. Uh, the The Grand Slams of tennis are very big for me. I like to sit, and I do take the time and watch them as far as what you could expect. Uh, from from these uh, from from the championships, the big ones, uh, the the you, know, you what you say the grand slams, you know. And, and interestingly enough, there's only been one of that I know, and I'll, I'll check my facts, but I think there has only been one of them that has actually won the grand slam in the same year. There's been many that have won parts of it in one year, and then the next year won the other, like one four in a row. Um, we've had that happen a couple of times, So, but as far as the Grand Slams in one year, not happening very often as far as that's concerned, so uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about Wimbledon this morning because Wimbledon is a big story over at the All-Englands Club, and also um, uh, we get... Um, Cuervo running a little, little, you know, run a little bit late as he usually does. Uh, this is my opportunity to talk about um, um, other things besides, you know, football and some of the things that I like to talk about. That you know, Cuervo don't not, not necessarily know about them, but don't know as much of them. I don't either, but I like to talk of it, even though it's coming out of the side of my my mouth there. So uh, Wimbledon, a big. They, it, it, every team, every uh, year, it's a big story. Um, and I love to talk about Wimbledon, and I talk about it at work a lot, too. Hold on one second. The fan went off here in the studio. So, um, But I want to I first talk about the women's singles because that's the big story. We can talk about it all day long. But the big story coming out of that, in reality, is happened on Monday, and the uh, you, you, now again, Venus, um, Venus Williams was not. Let me repeat: she is not ranked within the uh, the uh, top ten, top fifteen, all that. That Venus Williams is not there. But as far as name set, she's got that name set. Just like Serena Williams, you can say whatever you want about it. Uh, she's there. So, looking at what happened, and the the Williams this, the, the Williams girls make a big story every single time. Um, but both American in the first round. You can also ask what you think about Corey Goff. You know, you might not have heard of her, probably. If you don't keep up with tennis, I do. But we're talking about a young fifteen year old going up against Venus Williams. And Venus Williams is a legend. Say whatever you want about Serena, but You know, again, Venus came first. You you know, she's 39 years old also, guys, so you're looking at an age difference where she's playing a 15-year-old. She is literally playing a girl that is almost 15 years younger than she is. Mark that. She is almost uh, a total of 20 years older than this young lady. But again... I have not seen her bow out of a championship or whatever the case may be in the first round like that. And, of course, the big story is that the 15-year-old Corey Goff uh, got her in that one. By the way, you, you talk about the power game, Serena, compared to Venus, it's just different now because of the ages and everything. I'll give you an example. Those that don't know what an ace is, it's the first shot with nothing to be able to return. There was only two. Now, Venus Williams used to be able to put those up all day long. Uh, Corey Goff got four of them. She doubled them up on that. Double faults, only four for uh, Venus Williams. Corey Goff had five. But here's a big number in tennis. It's the first serve percentage. Getting the ball in the first time you hit it. 73% for Goth and Venus Williams was at 71%. Right there. Winners on the first serve, though, is the big difference when we're talking this set of games for Venus Williams. 78% for Goth went in on that first serve percentage. got the win, got the point. Only 69 for Venus Williams, and that number... Is low. If you don't know anything about it, you do want that number in the seventies, you know, near the eighties, if you can. And second service uh, points also, seventy-three percent for Goth and only sixty percent for Venus Williams, and that was and and that was huge too. So we're seeing right before your eyes the handing off of the, the 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 crown, so to speak moving it on to a new generation that will be taking over tennis on the women's side and a great and a great show of sportsmanship in this one as well, which that's the all England club usually brings out the best in most people. Now, if you know anything about Sonny Clark and the love of John McEnroe, John McEnroe did not bring that out. Um, As far as sportsmanship, if that's what you want to call it, we can talk all day long, On whether or not John McEnroe was a good sport and I've got a completely different opinion about that compared to most people so goth have it you know big-time win 6464 remember the ladies do it in three the men do it in uh, five so when you when you got a young lady like Gotham, what she's doing, she, she had a great uh set and then she turned around yesterday and got uh there were some there were some uh, problems over there as far as the uh the doubles Gotham Goth was in a doubles match where uh she did not get a victory and that but did not move on. But Big time stuff for Corey Goff at Wimbledon and a great and a great showing as well. Also on Friday in the third round, she's made it to the third round. And you can you can see where Corey Goff is just coming alive before you. All right. She took, she she had an uh, an opportunity here going up a, against Polona, uh, Polona her cog. Okay. But she started out taking the loss in the first set at six three. And then after that it became a battle, a battle, a battle. And what I'm talking about, it went into the the extra sets in the second set. Where uh Gough got a nine to seven victory in the what we call overtime, but the extra set to take that set seven to six, and then the third set she won seven to five. She came storming back after having a hard time getting started in this one. but again, her first service uh winners seventy nine percent or seventy eight percent i I'm just telling you those are those are huge. 59% on the second part, and a lot of that came in that first set, just to let you know, this young lady had a hard time going, but she had the opportunity, and she had a, so far, it's been having a great first round. She's going to be in action tomorrow at 8.15 Eastern Standard Time. She's going to be taking on a, this is going to be her toughest uh you know, challenge to date. Simonoa Halep is a badass. In fact, so much of a badass, she's ranked number seven in this tournament. So Corey Goff is going to have to see what she can put together to see if she could come across and get the victory. Now, the difference between all that, we talked about where she is as far as in the singles. Um, in the second round, she so basically what I'm saying, she has not faced a ranked opponent yet, not even Venus Williams, because she was not ranked in this one. But in the second round, six three six three, and I'm not even going to attempt to kill this young Russian's name. I'm just not even going to try. But I will tell you something about Russia that I know, and especially on the men or women's side, is is that. They know how to serve, and I, I, this unfortunately didn't come to her. But Corey Goff in that one, again, her first the, – the actual point on the first serve, 86%. 74% of them went in, but getting a point on the first service, 86%. Guys, that, that that's tremendous. So we are – we're seeing a changing of the guards here right in front of our face, and I'll tell you, if Hallep doesn't put it together, it's gonna to be a tough day for her. As we're seeing this, and I, I cannot wait. I actually do not work tomorrow. I will be up watching this one. And I cannot wait because I want to see what she can do. Now, that having been said, there's another Williams in this this tournament. And we're talking Serena Williams. And we can talk all day long about what it's all about, but the women's singles are what it's all about. And when you talk about, you know, coming back, and we actually talked about it on this show on where certain athletes are, and one of them was Serena. But Wimbledon really defines a lot of people as far as tennis is concerned. And it's no different for Serena. So let's talk a little bit about her before we go over to the mid-side. But Serena Williams is a bona fide badass, even coming off of having the baby, you know, and she was off for a while. year and a half, if I'm not mistaken, she was off. But in the third round, she had a very easy uh, easy match in reality for her. Going up against the number 18, and just let everybody know, Serena Williams is ranked number 11. So 11 Williams goes up against number 18 George. Got a 6 four, or six three six four victory. Fairly easy mark for her uh, in this one. And we talk about those winnings on the first part of the serve. George had 83% win serves, and she still cannot get past Serena Williams. 83% she won the the point. So, in other words, if Serena gets that ball back against her, that's exactly what happened. She just took over the game. Definitely want to get them to, uh, how do you say, uh, get them to where they – have a hard time on their second service, and that's what Serena has done. So when you look at Serena Williams and what she has done uh, in the first round, she knocked off a, a – or actually she goes up against the number 30-ranked uh, player, Navarro, on Monday, and I'll be watching that one. I'm going to be watching Wimbledon on Monday. It's going to be good. But in the first round on July 2nd, uh, she, again, rank 11, uh, no ranker, uh, Monticlone 6275. She had to battle that second one as she was, you know, getting back into shape and still trying to do it. She had to work a little bit, uh, but then, um, she dropped the first set of the second round as, uh, Kavan surprised her coming out of the gate. Kavon Push Serena Williams, so Serena Williams lost that first set 6-2, to two, but then came soaring back 6-2, six, 6-4. Six, so she is a bona fide badass, and, uh, and I don't even care what her ranking is. She's got a situation where she can end up right there on top of it and be right in the plan. So that's what we're looking at as far as the women's side are concerned. That having been said, and and I have to apologize because I didn't expect to see our fine co-host in the call queue, um, because I wasn't expecting him because he said go off on uh, Wimbledon a little bit, so I did. So that having been said, of course that's the name of the show. I'm going to go ahead and bring on Cuervo. Let me hit the button there. All right, oh, there. Okay, she didn't know. All right, and what we might have to do, I didn't realize you were there, Cuervo. I do apologize
2: as I've been going off on Wimbledon this morning.
1: How are you doing this morning, my friend?
2: I'm good, Sonny. No need to apologize, my friend. Uh, I I enjoyed listening to you talk about a little bit of tennis action. So That was was good entertainment for me as the co-host. Yes. And and I'm not done.
1: I haven't got to the men's side. I'll save that because I got you. I don't know how long I got you. So I guess the question I have for you, sir, is you all set and ready to go to talk football, or did you want to talk about something else first? Um,
2: well, I think, uh, I think congratulations are in order for our women's uh, national team who just secured the World Cup for the second time in a row. So congratulations, ladies. Good job. Yep. yep. Um, went out there and represented for for the good old United States of America. And um, um, that, that that was it. Just I mean, the game just finished probably within the past twenty minutes or so when the show started. So uh, mm-hmm. it was an early. Mm-hmm. It was an early start to the game. So uh, other than that, though, Sonny, I think I'm ready to go. And uh, as of right now, I am here till the end.
1: Okay, I just wanna make sure because of the situation I know Mrs. Cuervo is off today, so I didn't want to steal she any is. time away from her. I, <laughs> I figure she's laying down taking a nap. Is that am I thinking correctly?
2: Um not exactly. So Okay. She is a in avid, other words, she's gonna put watcher. up with you talking sports. <laughs> yeah, I, I have been granted permission to do that. Um no, she's a, she is uh avid Netflix fan and a show by uh called Stranger Things uh has a new uh, yeah. season so she's watching that.
1: I, I've heard about that I, and I, I read an article what, what regular people can do and some of the places they go to Stranger Things. I just read that yesterday. So that having mm-hmm. been said, so we got square vote for the for the full ride. Let's hop into it because I want to talk AFC North here so I'm going to do that and I'm Let's going to bring in again. Because he is here, bringing Steel City Storm. How you doing? Good morning, my friend. He knew we were talking, so uh, I'm pretty sure he's all set and ready to go. Good morning, Steel. How you doing, my friend? Hello. Yo, six one three six three one. I thought this was Steel City Storm. Who is this? Six three one.
3: Oh, hey, this is a Denise from New York. I'm I'm sorry. This is Brandon from New York. How you, how you doing?
1: I'm doing good, Brandon. Have a good day because something tells me I don't feel good about that, vote. So let's do it. Let's hop into the AFC North because that's where I want to start. Right, uh, uh, mark that. Mark that. Take it. We're actually on the South. So I thought that was uh, him. Beep, 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 beep. We're backing this one up. Let's go to the, uh, the uh, AFC South, which is the, uh, where we're at, what we're going to talk about here, Cuervo. Um, I will tell you there's okay. something about uh, the AFC South that is exciting to me because this is the Jacksonville Jaguars, my team. All right, so that's being said, Cuervo. Do you have the results of who we felt was going to win in the AFC South in front of you? Um, you I know you had them last
2: week. Uh, uh, going back to last year, yes, I have all those results right here. So, so going back to let's last, do year, that. Okay. Um, I'll tell you this: your prediction was a little bit better than mine.
0: <laughs> so okay. last
2: year, um, I'll start with your your predictions. You had the Houston Texans winning this division, and okay. uh, then then you had your Jacksonville Jaguars in second. Tennessee in third, and the Indianapolis Colts, who we both picked to finish last. Uh, wow. Yeah, and and, uh, and they wound up winning the division. So go figure.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> go figure. <laughs> oh wait,
2: or did they? Right. Wait, did did Indianapolis win? I can't remember. I now. don't know. I'll, I'll get I'll get the results. What were your predictions? So, I had your Jacksonville Jaguars winning the division because, you know, I got love for, for the defense down there. Um, uh-huh. I had Tennessee in second. I had Houston in third, and I had the Colts in fourth.
1: All right. So, that being said, um, let's go to where they were. What? Where did they end up last year as far as the AFC South? So, let's look at those numbers. Let's see here. I got to get it here. Ba-boom-ba-dum-ba-dum. alright
2: So, yeah, Houston did win the division. Houston so did win the
1: division. Own. Indianapolis got the wild card. Ended up in second place. Tennessee was mm-hmm. in third and then Jacksonville actually was the one that ended up in
2: last place. So uh, where did you have Houston uh, last year, Cuervo? Did you have them in second? I had them third. I had them in third. Just okay. because I you know, I mean Yeah, you know, I just I didn't see enough of Deshaun Watson yet. So I didn't I didn't wanna uh you I want guess to buy into, yeah, I, I had to I had to believe before I before I predict. <laughs> so yep. with that said, um, so, you know, I think this year's gonna well, be a little bit again, different.
1: Well, oh, I think it is too. It's gonna be a real difference. You look at Houston; they finished eleven and five last year. Uh, Indianapolis was ten and six. Uh, Tennessee was nine and seven, and Jacksonville five and eleven. Those were the numbers as far as where they were, as far as the
2: division was concerned.
1: Um, so here's what we do, guys. We go with who I think is going to end up in fourth place within the division uh, this year. So that's what we'll do. We'll go ahead. We'll start that part off now. Before we get to that, guys, we we there. This could take some time because this to me, Cuervo is one of the toughest divisions of football right now. Um, We always talked about how the AFC North was a battle, you know, but I think it's a different kind of battle here in the AFC South compared to the AFC North. There are two different types of divisions with two different types of quarterbacks within these divisions as well. Um, Because when Mm -hmm. I looked at the AFC South, I look at the, you know, we got some running quarterbacks down in the South. And up in the North, the, those are traditional pocket-passing kind of uh, quarterbacks as far as the AFC and uh, the uh, AFC North and the AFC South. But So that's the kind of way I look at two different types of divisions. Uh, but I think as far as still the toughest, I still think it's the AFC North, but Cuervo, the AFC South has become to be a very hard division of football to win football
2: games in. Well, I mean, yeah, it's very competitive in the AFC South. Um... But, uh, you know, up north, it's, it's more of a, a hard, you know, I guess uh, old-school, physical, yeah. you know, type football up there. And, 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 you know, going back to what you were just talking about with the type of quarterbacks you have in these divisions, you know, there's a reason for it. You know, I, I've always I've, – I've been a firm believer that uh, depending on where you are uh, and if you're in an outdoor or indoor stadium, That that'll determine what type of quarterback you should have on your team. So, what I mean by that is, so so real quick. I mean, you know, you you compare the AFC North to the AFC South. You got cities like Pittsburgh and Baltimore, okay, and then Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Ohio. All those, what do all those cities have in common, Sonny? They're, you know, they have they have rough winters, um, and they're all pretty much you know blue collar type cities, right? So yeah. you do you want that. You want that pocket passer, big body, you know, physical type quarterback like a Ben Roethlisberger or uh or a uh or even a um you know, a Baker Mayfield. I know I know he's not the he's not a big guy, but he's got a he's got a pretty good arm and I think he's gonna be fine in Cleveland. Uh and then when you look at in the South, I mean you got Jacksonville, Florida, right? You have Nashville, Tennessee. Houston. I mean, how hot, how cold does it get in Houston in the wintertime? You know what I mean? So, and the Indianapolis plays in the stadium. So yeah, you don't necessarily need a big physical quarterback. Now I know Indianapolis has it with Andrew Luck, but you look at the other three, you know, you got, well, Nick Foles is a pocket passer too, but I mean, my God, it's, it's 70 degrees in in, the, in December over there. So uh, I don't think he mm-hmm. needs to zip the ball. He's not zipping the ball through any bad weather anytime soon. And, but you know, as far as Tennessee and Houston, you, you know Mariota and Watson. Look, I mean those those guys. You know those guys play in warm weather places, and that's yeah. why that's the difference in you know between these two divisions. You know one is is like I said, blue collar style, old school, hard nosed, punch him in the mouth type football. And then in the South, it's more of what we're seeing today, more of today's type game, where it's a little more finesse, got the mobile quarterback, passing game, you know, a little bit more speed down there, and so mm-hmm. you know that that's your biggest differences in my opinion with those two divisions.
1: Well, and Jacksonville took the left turn on Sonny Clark. I thought they were going to stay with the status quo, which was within the division, which was having a running quarterback to keep up with the uh, Watson, to keep up with Mariota. Hey, and let, let me tell you something. You know, Andrew Luck has been known to run the football. He's, he, and he knocks off big chunks, by the way. And the reason why that is, of course, is, is that he can hold onto the ball a lot longer than most quarterbacks and then everything opens up in front of him. And he can and will take advantage of those. So in certain positions and certain times, you'll see an Andrew Luck throw the football. But now Jacksonville has that quarterback that is that traditional pocket player. so a quarterback. So that having been said, I'm going to move into who I think is going to end up in fourth place within this division. and I think it's going to, I think it's going to be something that people are going to say, "Sonny, you need to go get your head examined." but guys, I'm going to put my Jacksonville Jaguars in the last place within this division. I'm going to tell you the reason why it is the, same, the exact reason why thing. It's called chemistry. Listen. You have the Nick Foles there. You have the magic that he is. But the question here is, is that he's, first of all, going to a different town. Second of all, he needs to get to know the offense. Third of all, he needs to get to know this football team. I don't trust it. And Not only that, if you watch Nick Foles within the first few games of last year on a team that he was very familiar with, he wasn't all that successful. Now he goes to a totally different team with a total different type of offense. Will they change it to get it back to his play? There's there's a lot of questions that have to be answered. And the, and, and that having been said. When you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, their running back position is not great. It's not stable. You can say whatever you want about the personnel that's there, and we will talk about those. But I'm I'm not trusting the running back. And then you throw in the fact that I don't think they have really too many people to throw the football to, and we'll talk about that, Cuervo. But – I don't trust the Jacksonville mm-hmm. Jaguars this year. I don't like it. I don't like the chemistry because I don't think there's any. And if there is vote. and if they can move up the storm and do it, you're not going to see that until about week six or week seven. And my question is, how will they do within the first seven weeks of the season, and will it be too late if they figure out that chemistry to get it going?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it, 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 it it hasn't been a good start for this off season for the Jaguars so far. Uh, you know, with all the drama going on with Telvin Smith and, and, you know, Jalen Ramsey making comments and then Tom Coughlin yep. getting involved in all that stuff. It, it's, there's a, it's a lot of those little type things that that affect what happens in during the season for, for teams. And, yep. you know, if you're a Jaguars fan as yourself, I, I'm sure you, 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 you look at those things and you think to yourself, you know, does – because Doug Marone is still the coach down there. Am I right or, or am I thinking – That is correct.
1: He still is the coach. That is correct.
2: It, does he have this under control or not? You know, I think I think that's a fair question to ask if you're a Jaguars fan or you're just somebody that's like how we're doing right now, breaking these divisions down. Because it just seems like either he doesn't have it under control or it's being taken away from him. And Good point. it wouldn't surprise me if that's the case because we all know Tom Coughlin. We all know his his strong personality. He's that alpha male yeah. that that uh you know that you find in you know, the better head coaches in, in around the league. Uh he's he's not a players coach. He can care less what the players think. We you know he makes mm-hmm. that he makes that very clear. Um but my only concern with that, Sonny, is that when that leaks over into taking authority away from your coach, your coaching staff, mm-hmm. that's when things can get ugly. Uh, and and I, and it just kind of feels like, hopefully that's not the case in Jacksonville, but when little things like Telvin Smith, Malvinoff not showing up to certain workout programs, Jalen Ramsey yep. making comments. Yep. You know, stuff yep. like that, it just, it just kind of makes you wonder how, how things are being ran down there. And God bless Nick Foles, man, because even with all that stuff going on, he still made the decision to be a Jaguar. So hopefully for him it works out, and hopefully the Jaguars have a successful season. But at the same time, as much as I like the Jaguars, Sonny, I am in full agreement with you. Uh, I'm taking them last this year as well. I just don't like uh, those type of things that I'm talking about. It just, it just feels like yep. disorganization to an extent. Um, but I do love who they drafted. Josh Allen's going to be a stud. I'm telling you, Sonny, you're going to like this guy. Yeah, absolutely. To be able to have the success that he had in the SEC um, really says a lot about his game. And uh, that's just another pass rusher that you can add to the long list of pass rushers that you have down there in Jacksonville. Uh yep. so He's a uh, even though you guys ad. lost, there's no question. Yeah, he is, you know, and, and it sucks that you guys lost Malik Jackson, uh, to free agency, but you still have Calais Campbell. You still have, uh, you still have, uh, you know, the linebacking core and you still have arguably the best, uh, corner in the game. So, uh, I think, I think if if there's going to be any type of shining light on the Jaguars to, uh, this season, it's going to be on the defensive side. Um, but, you know, and then hopefully, obviously, on the other side, Leonard Fournette stays healthy, and Nick Foles can find somebody to throw the ball to, so... That's That's, that's
1: why Leonard Fournette makes it to the field, too, Cuervo. That that is the big question I have. I mean, you got the quarterback. And, and listen, you went ahead and you paid the big bucks for him. But where is Leonard Fournette in his thinking? That's the big question. Because you talked about the guys that are on the defensive side of the ball that have a problem with Tom Coffin guess what? Atlanta Fournette and him are not getting along very well either. And that could be a problem for this football team because it, 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 when you look at the wide receiver core on this football team, you, you if you don't have it in one position, such as the running back, you hope you got the wide receivers. If you have the wide, if you don't have the wide receivers, you hope at least that you got the running game, i.e., look at the Jets. They got that same situation. All right, Atlanta Fournette. Can be that guy, but th- th- let's be honest. He hasn't proved at any point in his career that he could solidify himself as being that number one running back and be a guy that he could that the team can depend on, whether it be from his attitude or from his from his injury, And that is the big story for them. Not only that, Querreyvo. Mm-hmm. They open up week number one against the Kansas City Chiefs. Then they got Houston. All right two teams that are sitting right there both of them in the playoffs. So week number 1, week number 2 are not very good for you. What you get the Kansas City Chiefs at home, but you're not going to win that game and then you go on the road to play Houston, you have a shot at it. Then Tennessee is always tough. You got two games against them each year. They're always tough. You don't uh-huh. know what's going to happen that game is in Tennessee and then you got Denver, will they turn around with their new quarterback? Carolina, New Orleans, at the first six weeks of the season are brutal. Then you got the Bengals, which I think they could win, and I think the Jets, they can win. But then they turn it out at week number nine right back at Houston. So within the first seven weeks of the season, Cuervo will know exactly where the Jacksonville Jaguars will be, and I predict by week number seven where they are at in the standings is where they'll end up, and I think it will be last.
2: Yeah, I mean, look – Everybody's everybody's going to say yeah, Jacksonville has no shot against Kansas City week one. Let me tell you something. If this Tyreek Hill thing falls through and he's not there week one, Sonny, I'm telling you, and, and maybe this is a little foreshadowing for my, my, my AFC West predictions, Kansas City Chiefs ain't going to look like the same football team we saw last year with that explosive offense. Mm-hmm. So before – before people start anointing Kansas City as like oh they're going to the Super Bowl, let's wait and see what happens with Tyree Till. And, and, and I'm telling you, Sonny, if he's not there, it's going to be it, it's going to look like such a different team. Just that one guy and. and you know, there's very Man, few do you honestly that... think that Cuervo, the one guy yes, with all the weapons yes, that they got? Yes, I mean, yes, yeah. Yes. Granted,
1: you have Tyreek Hill there. He solidifies his position and makes the other. You know, you got to make a decision. How you're going to play this guy? He is that classic example of what we talk about, Cuervo. When you got a guy that you have got to worry about. Obviously, if he's not there, that's nothing they got to worry about. But if he is there, from my understanding, and we'll we'll when we get over to the AFC West, we'll know more about that time about his availability. But do you think it's going to mm-hmm. have that much of an effect on where they're going to be as far as the Kansas City? Yeah, we're taking a little side. We do this. So we're allowed to do that. But you think that one player makes that much of an impact on that football team, Cuervo?
2: Absolutely, Sonny. And and, wow. and I say that just because of all the different ways that they use Tyree Kill. Okay. He's not a one-dimensional receiver, like a uh, like a DeAndre Hopkins is or a uh a Julio Jones. And there's no disrespect to those guys. Those guys are ballers, man. They're they're the they're some of the best in the business. But Tyreek Hill is different, Sonny. Ty- you can use Tyreek Hill in so many different ways that yes, just him alone totally changes the dynamic of the whole Kansas City Chiefs offense. It's bad enough that I think they don't lose have a green hunt anymore.
1: I, hey, Cuervo, well, I think losing the center is a bigger spot, really, in reality. They lost their center to, I think it was the Jets. Um, I think, uh, no, I forget his name.
2: Yeah, I forget, too. Uh, but don't get me wrong. I mean, offensive line is is always important. And I'm not, right. I'm not taking anything away from that. But when it comes to the way that the Chiefs run their offense, it's it's fast-paced. People are flying all over, you know, you see all kinds of different types of formations. I mean, they have revolutionized the RPO, and if they don't have Tyree Hill, a, a lot of that stuff they're not going to be able to do. Who are you going to use, Sammy Watkins? Are you kidding me? You're not going to Travis Kelsey? Like he's half he's half the speed that Tyree Hill brings, and and, and their running back. I I mean, I, I I don't even know his name. That's that's how much. The trouble that they're in with the running back position. So yeah, Tyree Kill makes that much of a difference for that offense. Yeah, and
1: and and I I I find that very interesting that you would maybe go that route. In reality, I I I don't I think I think he is kind of like a Leva, uh, you know a Bell and Antonio Brown. Good riddance. I mean, get the. This is a guy that you don't need to worry about. I mean, maybe it's me, yeah, and
2: it probably is me.
1: Um, but I, I don't see, I don't see very much of a problem for Kansas City to continue with what they are doing so far without him. Because listen, you know, we can say what we want about Andy Reid, but this guy has been able to figure out how to win in Kansas City, although they haven't got up on over the hump to where they need to be in the Super Bowl and things of that sort. But whether or not that's going to end up happening, we'll find that out. But that's Kansas City. Mm -hmm. Let's hop back to what we're talking about. Uh, We both have Jacksonville down there. Um, So – um, right now we don't have Smith in training camp. By the way, they have fined him $88,000 for missing the team's mandatory three-day camp uh, So uh, this week. So they're losing money by not showing up there. Uh, Ramsey says that they have no plans to give him an extension, which would be a problem. So like you said, Cuervo, you got two guys that are your certified badasses on the defensive side of the ball that are not going to be happy. And not only that, they got their defensive end not going renewal not in mini camp either now granted is it a little early to worry about that ah eh, maybe but at the same time it's a disruption and it's an off the field problem that they don't want out there and here's another thing Cuervo, just to let you know and it, it, which really hurt me when I heard about it and put them in last they they signed to world prior they expect this guy to go out there to be a guy that, that Nick Foles can throw the football too, And that's not an answer to anything. So, you know, you look up and you see what's going on with this football team. And after two years ago, they're sitting in the AFC championship game. Uh, they uh, yeah, keep Blake Bortles like they figured it out and they didn't. And the defense is not very happy. I thought that might change the attitude of this football team with the Nick Foles at the quarterback position, Cuervo. Cuervo? That is not happening there. I really did. I thought with a Nick Foles, maybe they could pull this all together, and I don't think it's there, Cuervo. Um And you would think that a guy like a Nick Foles, who's been to the Super Bowl, almost got him to another Super Bowl, um, would be something that that football team could come together and be happy about.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, you would you would have thought so. I mean – it, it, it's it's really a, it's a big deal uh, that that they were able to get Nick Foles uh, and to <clears throat> not really make an attempt at getting him some help. Uh, yeah. You know that that's that's a it's I wouldn't say it's a red flag, but I think that it's something that I think the Jaguars front office missed on. You know something in. I mean, you know, I think we've talked about this before, but look, go take a, go check Des Bryant, see if he's healthy enough. Yep. See if he's willing Absolutely. to be a Jaguar. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you get him for one year. Plus, you're going to get him a for nothing. A yeah, you throw him a million bucks, two million bucks. What you what do you have to lose? In all honesty, what do you have to lose?
1: Well, and that just depends on what his contract reads with the Saints. So he was a Saint before he went down and that Achilles went down early in the season. So um, he should be ready to rock and roll. Uh, yeah, I think it was a know, one-year just, gig. Just that, yeah. I, I thought it was a one-year with a club option of two, so I don't know about that. So we'll, I'll, I'll look that up when we go there. So so we're both sitting right there with Jacksonville, which this football team should be right up near the top, and they're just out there, and this will be a chemistry issue. And who's happy, who's not? And it's, it's falling apart in front of our faces, and um, that's not a good thing especially where they were
2: two years ago. So
1: we'll watch for that, see where Jacksonville ends up. Guero and I both think they're going to be there in last place. So I don't know if that's good, bad, or indifferent since both of us think they're going to be in the same spot. I don't know. But uh, interestingly enough, that's where they are. So that leads me to our next uh, position where we are as far as the AFC South. That's going to take me to the team. I think that's going to end up in third place, and I don't think I'm too far off in thinking that. Uh, Tennessee Titans. Uh, by the way, let's talk about this really quick because, you know, if we're on the 10th anniversary in the area of losing Steve McNair um, uh, when he was uh, killed by his, um, by his mistress. And uh, it's a big story. A lot of people are talking about it. Um, if Cuervo was not going to be on there with me, I had a lot to say about this. But I'm going to put it out there just as I did 10 years ago. Is that this man was at home with his wife, he'd still be walking the face of this earth. And I don't feel sorry for him one bit. I do feel sorry for his family. I do feel sorry for his wife who decides that, you know, I, I guess, you know, forgive him or whatever after uh, death and everything because she's been um, on a lot of places uh, people are talking about. Um, uh, so, you know, Steve McNair, uh, not with us anymore. This is the 10th anniversary, but boy. You would have stayed home with your wife. You'd still be walking the face. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just a jerk. But, you know, no harm, no foul. I don't miss Steve McNair. He's not the best of human beings. Uh, But as far as Tennessee Titans, you know, I guess he is one of their Hall of Fame type of guys uh, for that football uh, squad. Uh, For them, Ray Bull being another guy leading this team, um, you know, now, as the head coach, I think is a very interesting situation. What is he going to do in the second year? So, covering really quick I, before we jump into this, Cuervo, as we break it down, Steve McNair,
2: what's your thinking's up on the ten-year anniversary of the passing of uh, Steve McNair? I mean, yeah, I mean it was it was it was sad to hear when it you know when he passed and all that stuff and uh, you know I mean regardless of the situation uh of of how he passed and all that uh, you know it was a huge loss for for the Titans family uh slash Houston Oilers back when they were the Oilers still so mm-hmm. i mean you know it it was it was you know a huge hit for them and uh yeah, i mean you you never like to hear those type of things god yeah, he he's definitely a, a wreck in in the history of that franchise uh, I would say between him and Warren Moon, you could probably argue the, the greatest yeah.
0: yep. of, that, mm-hmm.
2: yep. of that franchise. Um, so, I mean, you know, and that's, that's that's saying a lot about Steve McNair. So, yeah, it, it was, uh, you yeah, know, I'm sure they're going to honor him uh, this year with it being in the 10th anniversary, as you mentioned. So, um you know, hopefully they they do something for him, show the respect, and, and, you know, just, yeah, just pay the respects. Got it. So uh,
1: that leads us to the team, the, the Tennessee Titans. Now, a very interesting thing about the Tennessee Titans, the Tennessee Titans have a decision to go. Now, granted, they went ahead and they exercised that fifth-year option at the quarterback position, that being Marcus Mariota. Okay, didn't offer him out of contract extension, Cuervo. That tells the tale as far as I'm concerned. So this year we need to see a lot out of Marcus Mariota, whether or not he's going to be at the quarterback position for the team in the future. Uh, But when I was looking at the schedule, Cuervo, I was looking at a schedule that's set up pretty good for them. Uh, Week number one, good, better, and different. You know, Cleveland Browns. You know, you can say whatever you want about where Cleveland is, though. You, you still have to think Cleveland, you've got to get that victory. Then a tough division game against Indianapolis. Jacksonville, they should be able to beat probably because they'll be uh, – they'll be, but that game's actually on the road. But then Atlanta, but then it's Buffalo, Denver. I mean, so their schedule's set out, but at the same time, Cuervo, we're talking about a schedule that's doable, but – you know, will Cleveland be the team that, you know, will go out and beat them? Uh, Indianapolis, you know, could be the class of this division. Who will they be first or second within this division? We'll talk about here in a couple minutes. But Jacksonville, you know, if they get up for a game and get a victory, Atlanta's a good football team. Buffalo, maybe they're better. So this is either you look at the schedule and go, wow, maybe the first six games they got an opportunity. I mean, yeah, Denver's got a new quarterback. How will they be? So, but. This is also a disaster schedule in reality because if those teams live up to what they're speaking about their expectations are, Cuervo, Tennessee could be in a lot of trouble by week number seven when they hit the Chargers, and the Chargers are going to destroy them, and they don't get a break until the next week in week number eight against Tampa Bay. So there we are. You know, a franchise that has always kind of hung out at the 8-8, eight 9-7, and, eight, nine and seven, you know, maybe even a 7-9, and nine, maybe slipping up there to a 10-6 and six thing. I just don't see what's going to be ending up happening for the Tennessee Titans as they move forward, especially when they don't have any confidence in their quarterback, because if they did Cuervo, guess what? You know they they would have offered him out that extension. They would have they would have went ahead and say let's do it. Nope. Instead they go into their fifth year with them and it's a make or break year. Dolphins trade Tannehill so um, or the, they get Tannehill um, in reality uh, to back them up. So they got a good backup quarterback. This is a make or break year for the quarterback position right there in Tennessee. Querville, and let's be honest. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a football team. There's not too many teams out there that are the Baltimore Ravens that will carry the weight of a bad offense. And even though this Tennessee defense is not bad, Quervo, they're not that strong.
2: Yeah, no, they're not that strong. I, uh, I want to make a bold prediction, though, Sonny. Okay, I think Brian Tannehill. <laughs> and. and I'll make I'll make this as clear as I can because that's what we do on the show. We don't like to, we don't well, like twisting our words, Wait, right? hey,
1: Cuervo. Before we before we get into the bold position, uh, the, the the bold prediction. My question is 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 this a Ted Koppel moment or should, I mean do we need to push the button? I mean do, is this – let's bold prediction or with Ted Koppel,
2: Cuervo? Ryan Tannehill will start two games for the Titans. And that's without Marcus Mariota being injured. Okay. All right. So then the question will be will that be week number one or will it be during during the season? It'll be during the season sometime. Uh maybe mid towards the end. I think uh I think this is Kind of similar to what you're talking about. I think if the Titans are having a, a difficult time winning football games, uh, I can see Mike Vrabel being the because t- he. I mean, he learned from the best, of Bill Belichick. Let's, yep. let's just be honest. Yep, I could see him making a move where he pretty much benches Marcus Mariota. I guess that's my bold prediction. Marcus Mariota at some point in the season will get benched.
1: For Ryan I will Tannehill. say, if Cuervo, if they go 0-3, he's going to be starting week number four. Um, which, I mean, and the, the schedule can set up to be that way. And in, in more in the fact, so I, I battled this one in reality, Cuervo. I really thought maybe at one point I was going to pick the Tennessee Titans
2: to finish last in this division.
1: Okay. But that was before they went out and got Ryan Tannehill. Listen. You can say whatever you want about Ryan Tannehill as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Okay, let's just put it out there. He sucks, okay? All right, so in reality, you know, I don't – Yeah, I know. There's no respect there, okay? But as a backup quarterback, Cuervo, listen, you can't get much better in reality, Cuervo. As far as a backup quarterback, either one of those two guys are great backup quarterback options, so – exactly what you said. If they're dropping the ball, can't get the ball going within the first three weeks of the season, and I agree with you right away that there could be there. Because let's be honest, you know, McNair as good as he is. Sometimes that guy has a game that just looks oh, that man, awful out on the football. Crazy field. Yes. Terrible. yes. Look, so bad, you're wondering who's playing there. That having been said, though, Cuervo, you mentioned it. Mike Rabel learning from one of the best, if not the best. Um, this guy, will, I have a feeling that will pull the trigger maybe a little bit earlier than maybe a Bill Belichick would, maybe not, I don't know, but he will. He'll pull the trigger up on some things. So when you look at an NFL team such as the, the Tennessee Titans, I, I don't feel confident for them going into this season. They're only going to they're only going to be one game ahead of Jacksonville as far as the final ending there. And it it will be a quarterback problem. Now, other positions out on that football field, Cuervo, we can talk about it all day long and we, we, yeah, I'm sure you will. But at the same time, you got to have leadership in the most important position and they just, I don't think they have it.
2: No, I mean, I, I, you're right. I don't see Mario as being a guy that is is a leader uh, and can take this Titans team to the next level because it, it, they would have they if it would have happened already. You know, what I mean, he's been yeah. there for what five years so. now. Mm-hmm. I think this, this is, is, his is fifth, fifth year, sixth year, or something like that. Uh, yep. So, mm-hmm. you know, they haven't and they haven't progressed. Yeah. It, and you can make the same argument for Jameis Winston, who we're going to talk about a little bit later. Uh, yeah. But uh, I think his situation is a little different too. So there, there's there's sides to that. But, um, but as far as Mariota, I think he's been in a better position than Winston. And I think he's had more opportunities yes. to yes. take his team to a higher level than Winston has in Tampa Bay. And it just hasn't happened. So – what does that say about him, or what does that say about the organization? And Absolutely. I think it speaks more about Mariota than it does about um, than it does the the whole Titans uh, team. His one shining moment, I, and it was a good one, uh, that comeback win against the you know the the Kansas City Chiefs in that playoff game. Yeah. And, and, so that that was a great moment for him. But since then, you know, Nothing. I mean, a year, has, a year has come and gone, and it just didn't work out. It didn't work out for him. Well, that so question. It hasn't worked then, out. Then
1: let's go to this one. Uh, let me interrupt you then. I want you right now, and clear your mind, free your mind, name a wide
2: receiver on that football team. Oh, Sonny, you got me on that. Um
1: that is the point, Cuervo. I mean, yeah, okay. And yeah. I, I did yeah I, I, now, just to let you know, Cuervo, I didn't know of them either. None of them off the top of my head. Okay? that And that scares me for the Tennessee Titans on where they're going to be. Listen, I'm not the all, end-all to get-all when it comes to football. But, God, I got to know who you are. I mean, Cuervo, in real, they got Corey Davis. All right, Adam Humphreys that they picked yep. up from, if I'm not mistaken, they got him from Tampa Bay. Um, they got Sharp and Taiwan uh, Taylor. These guys are not. You're, no, you're sitting Sharp, with a bunch yeah, yeah. of guys that are number three, number two, low number twos and, and number threes. And. Mm -hmm. And you can Mm -hmm. say whatever you want about where Marcus Mariota is in his career, but if they don't have anybody they can throw the football to, you can't expect that guy to win football games. Ryan Tannehill isn't going to be able to do it either. So when I was thinking on whether or not they would be able to get the job done, I just think Jacksonville is completely lost right now because of The fact that no one seems to be happy on the defensive side of the ball. No chemistry right now as far as the offense. At least there might be a little chemistry, even though they're a bunch of no-namers. But these guys, they know each other, and that's the only reason why. I I mean, I didn't see Jacksonville winning more than six games, or, you know, uh, mark that, five games, and I saw Tennessee maybe winning six. So, you know, the fact of the matter is, there's nobody there as far as them to throw the football to. They still got – and I, I asked my second who's their running back, and it's Travis uh, – Derrick Henry. I, I knew that one, but I went straight – you know who I went to, Travis. But uh, the second one I knew I knew of Derrick Henry. Uh, Deion Lewis, and, you know, I kind of like him as well, but I did not know that guy off the top of my head. But Derrick Henry is not the end-all-the-get-all either. So I think Tennessee's in a lot of trouble. Um, they're going to be at the – if they don't finish at the bottom, and we're wrong, they'll definitely be in third place within this division because of the lack and, and listen, the defense is going to be there, Guervo. That's what Vrabel does, and they will be in positions to win football games as they were last year. But this year I think it's going to be a little bit different. I don't think they're going to get over the hump to get the W. They'll be on the tick marks on the L's, and then they're going to question whether or not Mike Vrabel is the answer when they just don't have
2: the personnel in reality. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that's that's a very good point. I mean, he, it's I think what is he in second year now, third year as a head coach. So second year, yeah. This is the second year. Last year, hey, he had a pretty good rookie uh, rookie head coaching, uh,
1: you know, squad. I mean, you know, say say whatever you want. They ended up second place in this division of football. So or no, mark that. Um, no, they were in, they were third, in third. Uh, third place. So yeah, they were in third place. So you know, but still not very bad and, and winning big football games. I mean, obviously beating the Patriots last year was a big uh, big time for them. Um, you know, that obviously, you know, with the relationship there. But um, mm-hmm. still winning some games that may, maybe they shouldn't have done, um, which has been something about this Tennessee Titans football team. When they are home, they beat teams. Why? I don't know, because they had no business beating the Patriots. Um, and they did. Uh, a couple other games last year they won a home that I didn't think they'd win. So, you know, but this year I think they might have ran out of it. I don't think they got enough firepower to get past there. And, you know, defensively they're going to be a good football team. And, But my only wonder, my only worry is, is that will the Tennessee Titans defense end up like the Jacksonville Jaguars defense going, God, Mariota can't get the job done, and now we got the backup as Ryan Tannehill. This is what we're dealing with, and you'll see a defense quit. That's what I saw in Jacksonville last year. It, it, with all due respect to my man Tom McManus, that's what happened last year. You can, you can, you can sugarcoat it any other way that you want, okay? But that defense saw who the quarterback was, and they're like, Yeah, you know, this. I mean, we can't even get out of the gate with this guy, and that's the problem. And I think that's where you can see. Tennessee as well, because I think that their defense will be respectful, but I think we'll also see him drop the ball and give up on a couple of a big time plays that may be able to cost
2: or may be able to get them a win or cost them a win. One of the two. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what the Titans have been the past couple of years, Sonny. And they're, it's a, they're a team that, you know, anytime that they need to make a big play or two, they just, they don't have the guys to get it done, you know, and, and yep. You know, you can sit here all you want. Oh, Derek Henry finished strong last year, as far as the season. He ran for like 400 yards and six touchdowns that one that one game, something crazy like that. And, and okay, that that's great, but there was no consistency there. What did he do after that? You know, I think he had a yeah. pretty good game after that, but where was it the whole season? You know, when when he was on my fantasy team, where were you, Derek Henry? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He didn't do anything for me, Sonny, and then I drop him, right? I drop him for yep. my team, and then that's when he goes off. I'm like, okay, yeah, of course, thanks, that's the way goes. Thanks, thanks, bud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks, buddy. So uh, you live in, uh, you win some, you lose some, Sonny. That's that's how it goes. But um, so do you? Do you have yeah. them in? Thir- do you have them in
1: third place as well?
2: I I do, but I I tell you, I think. I think it's going to be close between them and, and second. Um, because, you know, everybody, everybody's going to run immediately to, you know, uh, Houston and Indianapolis are, are, you know, way ahead of the other two teams in the division. I don't think that's the case. I think we find out if Mike Rabel is the answer as head coach this year. And I think he can close the gap. And I think between them and Houston, it's going to be a tight race for that wild card spot or, or the number two spot in the division. But I still say Tennessee will finish third.
1: Yeah. Interestingly enough, I got them in third place too. Uh, so what we're going to do now, since we're at the top of the hour, we're going to take our first break, as, as we always do. We'll continue talking about the number one, number two teams right there in the uh, AFC South. Uh, who you got out there? Do you have Indianapolis? Do you have it as Houston? What's going to end up happening is going to be the big question. Uh, so we'll talk about that on the other side. We'll take our first break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. When we come back, we'll finish that. We'll also hop into the NFC South, where lots of things could end up happening, So we'll take that quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's that being said. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5550. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Let Buffalo Creek doors and floors help you restore your home to its like new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. Twenty-six zero seven. That's two one four five three six twenty-six zero seven. Or check them out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Chang Lee's Taekwondo in Rowlett. At Chang Lee's Taekwondo, we specialize in all types of Taekwondo, and you can also sign up for free instruction classes. That's Chang Lee's Taekwondo, modern training with traditional values. Being taken for a ride, check out Costal Insurance, serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. Costal Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Raleigh Road, where we make insurance funds. Or check us out on the web at Costalinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on.
0: Yeah, but is it fresh? Ready
1: for the start. We can never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Cost Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web at costlowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh?
0: Hi, everybody, this is Frank White with Kansas City Rawls, and you listen to the Couch Potatoes Radio Show.
1: Here on Blog Talk Radio. Which one your ass? Uh, 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 oh. What we've got here
0: is failure to communicate. My anaconda don't want none unless you got buns, on. <laughs>
2: Okay.
1: All right, we are back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is that time we are talking the AFC South right now. Yeah, the AFC South now. Gonna get to the NFC South now. Normally, don't do this, but I'm going to go ahead and take the caller, 631. Go ahead. Hop in there. Since you've been hanging on there for a while, what do you want to talk about this morning until we get Cuervo back online?
3: Um, I wanted to talk about the New York Jets.
1: The Jets. All right, so taking a look at where we thought the Jets were going to end up, just to give you a roundabout, Cuervo has the Jets ending up in third place. I actually have them ending up in last place. What's it, it, now? First of all, are you a Jets fan, or what? What do you got to talk about as part of what's your what's your connection?
3: Yes, I I am a Jets fan actually. Um, I I actually have them in second place because um, Buffalo, you know, they're having trouble. They have Josh Allen. He's not he's not a great quarterback. Um,
2: and then uh, the
3: Dolphins, you know, Dolphins have Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, he's been around. I mean, he's good, but I think they're going to be in the last place. Um, but you know, they have Le'Veon Bell, and it's not about doing uh, running a thousand yards. Yeah. You know, it's about um, Sam Darnold throwing the ball to to Le'Veon Bell and running up the field, and missing defenders.
1: So you think, and this is just me interjecting here, you think that Le'Veon Bell could be one of the things that bring the Jets together to where they can actually compete with the other three teams within this division? Because it, I you didn't, I don't know if you listen to the show. If you listen to the show, you know that the Patriots are obviously the class of this division. Last two years they've won it by three games. The year before that was or the two before that, were three years, and then it was two. I mean, so they, do you think they got the opportunity? Do You think they'll challenge the Patriots for this division, or do you think that they will be able to, you know, just hang out in the second place within this division?
3: I mean, it's not it's not all about and Bell. You know, it's about the defense, it's about the offense, and. I, I, you know, I think I think they have a good run with the Patriots. You know, um, I think I think they're playing the Patriots at home third week. You know, they beat them at home the third week. Um, that's a that's a confidence there. and then going to and then going to their home stadium and and beat them. You know, that's you know that's something to say about the about the Jets because they're, they're building so... up that confidence.
1: Yeah, so, you think to the, the be able to push? So, the defense is the big, big, probably the big factor as far as you were concerned, thinking that they'll end up second place within this division more so than the offense. How do you feel about Sam Darnold at the quarterback position? Are you confident as a fan? Because let's be honest, the Jets haven't had anything to. Uh, in reality, cheer for for the last four or five years in reality. Let's just look at it that way. Do you think Sam Darnold is the answer at the quarterback position, or do you want somebody else, maybe someone more seasoned, to help them at, as far as those tough games that they're going to play, a couple of games against the Patriots and some of the other teams outside their own division?
3: I I, I mean, what, what I was seeing last season, you know, we, we saw some flashes and like, oh, yeah, this is this we have it. This is our quarterback. You know, Josh McCown. He he was a second. He was a second string quarterback to Sam Darnold. Mentor him. You know, I think that helped Sam Darnold to be where where he has to be, and where he wants to be right now. You know, I you know I, I feel good with with Sam Darnold. You know, I was coming into the second season. You know, I'm sure we'll see some good stuff from Sam Darnold.
1: Very good. I'll bring Cuervo in there. Cuervo, what is your feeling about Sam Darnold overall? And then we'll get back to the AFC South. What is your feeling about Sam Darnold overall? Uh, Do you think the Jets are going to be really happy with them, or do you think they're going to take a different direction, such as the Arizona Cardinals, although they only gave that young man one year over there? Um, Do you think they're in a position where they could take a left turn and grab up a different quarterback come next year? Uh,
2: no, I think they like Darnold. Um, I think what you saw last year, obviously he had some rookie jitters. You know, I mean, his first throw uh, in an NFL regular season game was a pick six. I mean, if that yep. doesn't kill your confidence, like I don't know what does. So it didn't start off good for Darnold. But I think as the year went on, you know, and and everybody saw the progressions that he made, uh, I think that's – I think if he could continue to get better – and not let the whole sophomore slump thing get in his head. Uh I think I think the Jets could wind up you know being happy with Darnold for the next 8 to 10 years and and trying to build something with him. It's just you know we we always talk about how this league is quarterback driven, but you know quarterbacks can only do so much when uh you know you got your local liquor store cashier as a wide receiver. You know what I mean? So (laughs) you've got to have somebody to get him to throw the football to, like you're only going to be able to be so successful with, you know, if he doesn't have playmakers. I get it. Le'Veon Bell's on the team now, and that's great. He's not, he's not in his wide receiver is not his primary position. I know he can go out there and he can make things happen as a receiver, but that's not what he primarily does. So they right. need to go out there. They, they need to find him a weapon, uh, whether it's through the draft, whether it's trade, free yep. agency, whatever the case may be. And I think that once Definitely. that happens, then you're really going to see what Sam Donald can do.
1: And, and, and that first pass, pick six, that will either make or break you. As a, as a young quarterback, it will either make or break you. Uh, you'll either learn from him and go, God, I cannot believe that happened. My first pass in the NFL pick six, and then he come back strong. I mean, listen, Peyton Manning didn't have the best first year out there. I mean, so, you know, same thing. Yeah, exactly. So, those kind of things are character builders for your quarterback on whether or not that they'll continue on and develop as a, as a you know, a, I, I call it a league-wide quarterback where people know who and you are. And I think are. that's why Let's he's going to fine,
2: Sonny. I think that's yeah, exactly. why he'll be fine because it, it showed a lot of character about him when when he did throw that pick six and and you know you just move on from it and and, and yep. when he went back on the field he, it was just like it never even happened so that that really told me a lot about Sam Darnold and and I think it answered a lot of questions about you know him being from Southern California and you know you know they they have a certain I guess uh, uh, stigma about guys like that that are from SoCal, and, you know, they question their toughness and, and their, their mental uh, state. So I, I think I think Darnold uh, uh, kind of uh, showed people that he's not your typical, you know, sunglass-wearing, you know, latte-drinking type kid from Southern California. Like, he, he's, he, he's, he's got some toughness to him.
1: Yeah, he needs to, especially with that cold up there coming from South, you know, Southern yeah, California, in New York. York to play around. Yep, the cold. Yeah, the cold is going to be a big thing. So, uh, but <coughs> Jets all set. We, we do. We have the Jets. Uh, you know, if you listen to last week's show, uh, Cuervo and I both had the Jets. Well, I had them in. Uh, I had them in last. Cuervo had them in third within the division. So that brings us to the team that Sonny Clark thinks that will end up in third place or second place. I don't know about Cuervo, but. Uh, we we go to a team that really has a uh, bright future with a young quarterback, and so I just gave the away. The Houston Texans. I mean, you say whatever you want about Deshaun Watson, uh, that guy came back and had a bounce back. And always, it, the big question, Cuervo, is when you got a young quarterback, is if they can bounce back after an injury. And say what you want, that's exactly what happened with Deshaun Watson. They made the playoffs. It, you know played well so but at the same time you're looking at a football team that now since we know what's coming their way this in reality i put it out there as deshaun watson's really sophomore year in reality there's a lot more tape on them now um so now granted were those adjustments able to be made during the season didn't happen, but then again, you're talking about a—I—I I don't want to say a full, complete football team, uh, but I mean, listen—they got the—they—they they got the wide receiver, they got the quarterback, they even got a great running game. But when I looked at the schedule, I looked at a tough schedule starting out. They have New Orleans week number one. Now there'll be at New Orleans. There'll be a home against Jacksonville on the road to take on the Chargers, then at home at like Carolina and Atlanta, two tough games, and then week number six, they have Kansas City. I like looking at the first six weeks of a football team that is in the position where they are. Coming off a very decent season last year, Cuervo, and you know obviously winning the division, big time for them in reality. Will they be able to continue to do it? That also having been said, when you look at the Houston Texans, how's the health going to be all around? Will Deshaun Watson be able to stay healthy? Will JJ Watts get out? Uh, J- Clowney, is he happy? Um, you know, there's a lot of a couple guys on the defensive side of the ball that have a hard time staying healthy. So really, when you look at the Houston Texans, I look at health in reality. If this team can remain healthy, mm-hmm. this team's going to be in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to win the division because I think. I th- I think Andrew Luck is back. And and well, we'll talk about him in a minute, but you know, Deshaun Watson, certified badass, he showed it last year. And not only that, he's got the number 1 wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, that pains me to say because DeAndre Hopkins is the certified badass on the, as far as wide receivers in the NFL. And when you got a one-two punch and then the fact that Deshaun Watson deciding what he's going to do no wide receivers open, can't get the ball out, guess what? He's going to run the football. And not only that, Cuervo, they've got a lot of talent around them. So I I think as far as Houston is concerned, they're going to make the playoffs. I think that they have to stay healthy, though. If they don't stay healthy, that's going to be a problem. That also being said, DeAndre Hopkins, they got Will Fuller Fuller there too. I mean, geez, you got a number one, number two um, that are certified Number as far as wide receivers are concerned, top fifteen guys. You're throwing the ball to number one and number two. Deshaun Watson's set up good. Health is going to be huge. Will JJ stay healthy? Cuervo? I don't know. What do you think about JJ Watts?
2: Uh, I mean, I love JJ Watt. Uh, guy's a stud, man. Uh, but I tell you, Sonny, his health his health really concerns me because he's had every year multiple. He's had multiple back injuries. He had he yep. he hurt he hurt a knee pretty bad one time too, I think. If I remember right. Uh he had a knee injury one time, but the back the back is, is that bigger the one thing. Yeah, that's that's the, the, the one that really has slowed his production down. Um but uh you know it let me ask you a question, Sonny. Would it be crazy sure. Would it be crazy to say that if J.J. Watt has a fairly decent year, you think about trading him? If Absolutely. If his spot goes up, do you think about trading him after this season? Well, Cuervo, I don't know if
1: you remember it or not. We actually had this conversation a year ago. We have. We have. i mean, yeah, I remember we, we had the but I, same thing, really, and I haven't changed my opinion on it. Yeah, the, the, but here's the, the only thing I'm worried about as far as that is concerned, um, you know, you're getting rid of a cornerstone of your franchise, and that would be JJ Watt. The, listen, they're going to take a beating if, if they do that. If they do that, they're going to take a beating in in the um, in the media. They're going to take a beating from the fans, but as far as what you're talking about, as far as contracts. And, and not only that, Cuervo, it's the contracts. You're talking about numbers as far as, you know, you know, look Von Miller makes $114 million, okay? Followed by JJ Watts. Okay? All right. So those are your big time guys there. Okay. Um, the signing bonus, JJ Watts gets ten million, Von Miller got seventeen. Okay. Now, guaranteed money from injury. Cuervo, and this is written into the contract. $51 million, that's the value of the contract if J.J. Watts gets hurt. So they're still on the hook, Cuervo, for $51 million. So mm-hmm. unlike Von Miller, Von Miller's at $70 million, of course, but that was a couple of years ago, J.J. Watts and that contract. I looked at those two contracts, Cuervo, those two are really the solidified Badasses on the defensive side of the ball at their position. Really, Jackson's a badass, too. Don't get me wrong. Um, but Von Miller and J.J. Watts, they are the guys. And as far as you just follow the money, all right? So in three years, the money has only cost the Houston Texans $41.4 million compared to a Von Miller 61, uh $61 million. who has had the best last three years. I have to say it's Von Miller. Uh, so they obviously paid more, but the injury prone guy that JJ J. Watts is, there's a lot of money that sunk into him. So I think, I think if someone's even interested now, Cuervo, you know, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even mind them pulling the trigger now, but it would really, really be bad if they did it at the beginning of this year or something happened where they traded him. But if something came their way, Cuervo, I think they have to think long and hard about it. I really do.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a thought because you know, I mean, you think about it. Look, there's no doubt that AJ Watt <clears throat> is, like you said, he's a cornerstone of the franchise. He means a lot yep. to the Houston community. I mean, you think about everything that he did for that for that city after uh, all the floodings and, and that stuff from the, from you know from the storms man and all that. Man of the that. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it is. He is the man of the year, and. At the end of the day, though, as as much as people love him, like the fans and and things in the city of Houston, you know, and people don't want to see it this way, but at the end of the day, Sonny, it it is a business. The NFL is a business, and the Houston Mm -hmm. Texans have to make that decision as far as what's going to be best for the franchise, what's going to be best for the business side of the football team. Because if – if you went off of emotions and and what the fans want, I mean, it would be really hard for a team to be successful because people like people like who they like, and and you know whether it, whether it means pay, overpaying for a guy that is injury prone or a guy that doesn't produce as stretch. well. But yeah, but because the fans love him, like oh we're going to keep him, like it it just doesn't make a lot of business sense. So. But and I'm saying this only if Watt has, you know, a defensive player of the year type season. Uh, if he doesn't produce, then you're not going to get much for him in return. He's still get a decent offer, uh, but I think if if he has a good season, double digit sacks, stuff like that, uh, I think you really have to sit down and 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 think about: is the juice going to continue to be worth the squeeze as far as Keeping him on the roster with the salary that he's getting paid. You still have Jadeveon Clowney, right? So it's not like you don't, you no longer have a pass rusher. You just don't have the popular pass rusher, the one that everybody loves, and the man of the year, and all those things. Javion Clowney is no slouch, you know what I mean? So, so it's not like they don't, they won't have a pass rusher anymore. They're just not going to have the guy that everybody loves. So. I, I, I think it makes a lot of business sense, Sonny. If you can, if he has a good season, you, you know, and, and his stock is high, then you sell. That that that's just me, though. Uh, maybe I'm the cold-hearted one, but <laughs> but I, I'm just We're thinking about, about it's all about busting the seats too. So you you
1: you think about it. it's all about busting <clears throat> the seats too. You know whether whether or not well, your guys going to be able well, to put in the seats is going to be the big question.
2: Well, and you're right about that. But let me ask you this. When people go to Texans games, do you think it's to go see J.J. Watt, or do you think it's about Deshaun Watson now?
1: I, th- I think I always think it's about the quarterback. And the reason being, and especially this year, Cuervo, I think that the fans of the, te- the Texans are going to be looking to see what they got for their future. Because let's be honest, if anybody is looking at – the Texans thinking that they've got J.J. Watts for the next six years. I think you're living in a dream world, okay? You're not going to have J.J. Watts for the next six years. That's going to be a problem. So who's going to be the one that end up putting butts in the seats in reality? It's going to be J.J. Watts. Now, also Cuervo – um, depending on what they do as far as success out on the football field, that will be a big determination on who will be able to put butts in the seats. And if it's not Deshaun Watson that's putting butts in the seats, that's going to be a problem, I think. Um, and then mm-hmm. there's going to be a reevaluation of where all the money's being paid, and it, we we see that all the time, right, Cuervo? You see some guys making the big bucks, and they're not living up to the expectations of what that contract is, and then all of a sudden you see these big names heading someplace else. Um, so I I think we could see a lot of that as far as this football team is concerned because, listen, they got guys you've heard of on the offensive and defensive side of the ball that are big-time players in the NFL that make an impact, and that's exactly what you get here with Houston, unlike Indianapolis. I'm going to talk about that here in just a moment because the way I'm talking The Houston Texans, you would think that I would pick the Houston Texans to win this division because of the personnel. They've got everything um, about them. I think they're missing one thing. I'll talk about that on the other side when, when we talk about the Indianapolis. But. All around, this is a complete football team, Cuervo, which has not been the case in the last few years, but they're only one injury away from that happening. It turns totally different. Listen, they lose Clowney. They lose a big guy out there on the football field. They lose J.J. Watts. That is huge. If they lose Hopkins, they got Will Fuller. Will Fuller's no Hopkins, but he's about 80% of him. But if you lose your quarterback, and you are the Houston Texans, you are in a lot of trouble as far as where you may be when it comes time for the playoffs to roll around, you know, at the beginning of December
2: or towards the end of
1: December. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's a fair point. Um, You know, it's just all going to depend on the health of certain individuals is how far this team's going to go but uh, i'm with you sonny i got houston in second so what that means is we have the same exact afc south predictions i i and wow
1: that's it that doesn't happen very often we usually go one one, i really thought me picking the the jaguars was going to be something that might have changed I mean I, that people thought maybe Sonny you've lost your mind. Not only that, Sonny, you're a Jaguar fan. You're picking your team to finish last. Absolutely. Listen, I've been I have been I have been what I call a Jacksonville Jaguar realist, okay? Listen, they haven't been they haven't been anything to write home to Mama about except two years ago. And the rebound from that season, Cuervo, is the reason why I don't trust them. The, the rebound was horrible. Now, granted, the rebound was with Blake Bortles. They had no business doing that, and they needed to go get a quarterback last year. They didn't do it. They saw it, it, teams fall for the square, though. I mean, it, look, the Browns did it, too, with my, with, a, uh, with a certain quarterback. That's my favorite guy. You know, they they look at the last four games of the season, first of all, that don't mean anything, second of all, against teams that don't, or are not relevant that year, and they they buy into what what's happening. That's what happened last uh, the the year before when they when they went to where they did, okay. And they, then here you are. You got the Jacksonville Jaguars with a quarterback that no one trusts. And listen, when they get that guy, when they get the trust, they'll be a good football team. So. It will be all about Nick Foles on whether or not. Now, granted, that guy's going to be there a couple of years, so uh, someone better love him. But that being said, of course, that's the name of that show. That leads us to the team that I figure is going to win this division of football. And Cuervo, it is one guy. There There are only a few quarterbacks in NFL history that make guys, you know, somebody that you know, Cuervo. Okay. And I say this because, you know, to a certain extent, when I look at Andrew Luck, when he's healthy, obviously you you know, look at last year, you want to talk about comeback player of the year. I'm not sure. I think he won it. Um, but last year, I mean, you got a guy that solidified himself as a major player when it comes to quarterbacks. And the reason being this Cuervo is their personnel is nobody. I mean, Cuervo, nobody, not only that, this is a football team that short up their defense, which has been the Achilles heel of this football team regardless who they had, and whether that be Peyton Manning, because obviously Peyton Manning is who he is, and the reason why sometimes they didn't have success wasn't because of Peyton Manning. It was because the failures of the defense. This, this past season, Cuervo, we actually talked about the Indianapolis Colts defense being good. And I can't even tell you the last time we could say that. When you look at the Indianapolis Colts and their defense, Cuervo, we're seeing a revamp or at mm-hmm. least guys playing maybe out of their heads to where they are a viable option within this division, and it don't even matter who Andrew Luck is going to throw to because, again, we talked about it. If he can't find anybody open, he's going to run the football. And this guy, I, I, don't, I, don't ha- I, I used to have the stat, Cuervo, but he's number one on, on big chunk rushing in the nfl at the quarterback position okay big chunk so when everybody is blocked up or covered and he doesn't feel comfortable throwing the football he will run it and he will get it in chunks now is that advisable of course not it's not advisable because you got a guy who, who you hadn't seen for two years before that you don't want this guy to get hurt but at the same time cuervo that's this guy and I think if you ask Andrew Luck to go away from who he is, I don't think you get the same Andrew Luck.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, and I mean, guys, certain guys play a certain way, and you know, Andrew Luck is is not afraid to run with the ball. Um, and Andrew Luck is not afraid to, you know, like like I said, run, use his legs, take a hit, give a hit. Yeah. I've seen him lay a, a dude out. I think. It was in college, but I tell you, if you go on you you YouTube Andrew Luck hit. It was off of an interception, and I think the guy that actually picked him off, which didn't happen very often in college, so. Uh, but for that play, he came and man, so I tell you, he laid that dude out, and I'm like, that mm-hmm. is a football player, my friend. So, you know. I love the way he plays, man. I, I, I'm really happy for him, and I'm really happy to see him healthy again because, you know, before before he started having his injuries, I, I was, you know, we had the conversation, Sonny. He's the best quarterback that doesn't have a ring yet in the league. Absolutely. And I think if, if he hasn't – well, I, I don't want to say that just yet. I want to see what he does this year, you know, like – Show me a little bit more. I know what you're capable of, and I know what type of quarterback he is, but I need to know. I need to know that you are are truly healthy and you're truly back to the guy that you once were. If that happens, Sonny, watch out for the Colts. I'm telling you, I agree. I love the way that this roster is starting to shape up. I still think they need some help in the in the secondary. They still need to go get Eric Berry. What are you guys sleeping on? Go get Eric Berry now before someone else does. If you're the Indianapolis Colts, they already picked up Justin Houston, so he's gonna he'll be with somebody that he's familiar with and has worked with before. So, uh,
1: I, I, I parts of me agree with you on that, Cuervo. The other part doesn't because I think. I think Eric Berry as much as I love them shown what he can do after that injury. Listen, it it should be all set and ready to go. Should be 100% healthy. Should be should be could have would have should have Cuervo. um you know and, and but at that. the same time I yeah, I I know the relationship. I get I I get it, but I'm not a bit I'm I'm if I'm the general manager, I'm not pulling the trigger on Eric Berry. This one's a tough one because First of all, he is a player. That guy can play. All right. Second of all, you know, you you see the story. You got to love the story. So you get the guy, you get the story, you get a good dude. Okay. Eric Berry is a good dude. But when it comes to the business of football, he is one of those guys that you can't offer out the money to because you're taking too much of a risk. Now, that being said, if Eric Berry would, you know, you know, you know, not make the league minimum, but you, where you're not paying through the nose for him, then, then yeah, maybe you go grab him. But once you part start throwing six, seven million dollars at this guy, uh, that is mm-hmm. a general manager's disaster, I think, in reality, and it could be a career, it could be a career-ending, uh, you know, general manager for that football team. So it's tough. I like the idea, but Querfeld, I, I looked at the schedule. And I'm sitting here going, this schedule sets up for a, a mediocre football team. And I say that because they got Houston, all right, Indianapolis and Houston week number one. We're going to find out who's best at the beginning of the season. But after that, Cuervo, the schedule really kind of opens up them. They got Denver, the only team that I see that I, you know, maybe be a problem would be Pittsburgh. But then they got Miami and Jacksonville before they get Houston again. And then after that, there's two more crap teams headed their way with Tennessee and, and Tampa Bay before they hit New, uh, um, New Orleans. Now, week number one, they got the Chargers. Week number two, Tennessee, winnable. Atlanta, winnable. Oakland, winnable. Kansas City. You know that? That could be a duel. Week number five, Cuervo. So the games I was talking about: mm-hmm. Houston, Denver, Pittsburgh, Miami, Jacksonville, Houston again, Tennessee, and Tampa Bay are after the bye, after week number six. That's where I think we're going to see the Indianapolis Colts stretch their legs because the first six, the first five weeks they got they got about three games in there that they got to really worry about. But I think they pick up two or, two of them, uh, and if they pick up all three of them, you know we'll be talking about the Indianapolis Colts all year long because if they beat. If they beat the Chargers, if they come back and beat Atlanta and then Kansas City, Cuervo, I, I I don't think I don't think anybody will be talking about anybody else.
2: Yeah, and I think Houston or at that point Indy would would have ran away with the division. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I I think I think it could wind up happening anyways. That's how much that's how um, how improved I think the Colts have become. Um, again, they need a little help in the corner area. Um, but I do love, like I said, I mean, they picked up, they picked up Justin Houston, Darius Leonard's a stud. Um, you know, up front, they got, they got solid guys. They don't have anybody that quote unquote hey, scares even got you. Hey, Spencer Ware, Cuervo.
1: I don't know if you remember Spencer Ware. Played for the Kansas State that, that big rough and tumble yeah. running back. I love that yep. guy. You want to talk about a guy that earns his money? Spencer Ware. I mean, you know, say what you want. I mean, he's only 5'10", but the guy's 229, 235. You know, he's wide in the shoulders. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. that guy. But, yeah, I, I mean, you know, the Colts are, are signing the guys that come from Houston. Are, are or from, uh, uh, from, uh, from 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 Houston. Didn't they get Houston?
2: Yeah, that's what Didn't I was he that's come from Kansas yeah, City? Another guy from Kansas yep. City that yep. they got. Yep. Yep. That's right. So, you know,
1: I, I in in this year now, Cuervo, this is this is really simple. Obviously the Colts will not be able to to have too much to talk about if they lose their quarterback, which they're playing very safe with right now supposedly a little calf injury that's going on for, for Andrew Luck that kept him out of the these uh, these last parts of this training camp here. So he wasn't there. Then it tarries back with the Colts as well. And that guy right there, he'll win you a football game. That guy is almost Mr. Automatic. So um, huge, huge stuff. But mm-hmm. My question is, Cuervo, and, and I don't know, because when I heard about the news about, and I have a hard time saying his name, D. D. He's They the defensive line coach that they fired, which their defensive line last year was amazing. They were getting in the backfield. And we, I talk about Charles Aminahu, which is a local guy here now playing for the Houston Texans. You know, didn't mention my, my local guy that's on the defensive side of the ball, getting in the backfield quick. And I think that came from that, from that dude, they fired him. So, you know, I don't know I, if if there's going to be any problems there as far as the defensive line or the um, offensive line coach. That that is going to be huge for them, you know, to prevent guys from getting in the backfield to meet Andrew Luck. I, uh, you know, I, I I don't know. Have you ever heard of this dude, Dave DiGiovanni? I I, but all, all I know no. is that they protected Andrew Luck last year. And because Andrew Luck wasn't hit very often. So, I mean, that has to come from a little bit from the offensive line coach. So I, I just wonder how much of an impact that guy had in reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean,
2: I guess we'll find out. Right? I don't
1: know who he is. I don't know who he is. That's why I was asking you if you knew who he was. But, I mean, when you, the offensive line play that was last year was as good as it was. Um, mm-hmm. And then you make you make a change. Now I don't know who they're replacing them with. I haven't got to that part as far as who's doing it. I don't think they've even, even hired an offensive line coach yet. Um, but that's a big move. Um, the cap injury keeping Luck out of the Colts workouts here uh, is another one. So um, and by the way, Kenny Moore, they just they uh, extended. Um, last month as well. So uh, he's cornerback for them, which, by the way, is a speedster. And I was talking to uh, you know, Melvin Bullitt. Of course, he's right here in the Rowlett area with the Bullet experience. He says this guy's better than he was. And Melvin Bullitt was a badass. So um, look out for him. That should be an interesting situation. Um, but I think when I when I looked at who I thought was going to win the division, vote, I looked at the schedule in reality. I think it plays really good for Indianapolis uh, right before the bye, and then after that it just sets up for them to be successful and to be able to run. I don't want to say they're going to run away with the division, Cuervo. I think they win the division by two games because Houston has a habit of losing sometimes when they really shouldn't. And they haven't showed me that they can't stop that. They usually
2: do it, so they'll
1: probably do it again. They'll lose a couple games they probably shouldn't, which will put them in second place. They'll still make the playoffs, but that's why I have Indianapolis right there
2: because of that schedule. Yeah. No, I mean, I just just like – overall what they've done so you know and and on top of just the way that they improved I mean they're solid everywhere except that that corner position bothers me so much because you think about it in the division alone you have to deal with DeAndre Hopkins you have to deal with uh you know well that's really it (laughs) so I guess that's a good thing right but those are two Um, important games Quervo especially in this division Exactly. And, 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 you know, I'm sure if I went and I looked, I would probably find out that DeAndre Hopkins probably torched the Indianapolis Colts last year and not just the two regular season games, but also in the playoff game that they played each other. So that's a problem. And, and you would think that if if you noticed that you would say to yourself, mm, we probably should go ahead and, uh, Try and get get some help in secondaries. So, um, right. I don't think I don't think they drafted a corner in, in this year. Um,
1: I don't think they drafted either. They did.
2: Yeah. So I mean, I think I think the Colts might have missed on that because there was definitely guys that they could have gotten. I think Greedy Williams is going to be coming out of LSU, but he got drafted by Cleveland. Um, I think the Browns are going to be happy with that one, and we'll, we'll talk about that uh, what next week, right? Or the week after. Yep.
1: F- and F- then, F- no, no, um, I'm actually going to probably be on there. I'll let you know on Tuesday. Um, there's th- at okay. one point I was not going to be available, but there might be an opportunity where I will be available. So
2: I'll know. We'll know more about that on Tuesday. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So there you go. Um, but, um, yeah, was um, yeah. I, I just I just think that that's probably the one downfall of the Colts. Everywhere else, I think they're solid. You know, as far as what they've got going on uh, offensively, I think their line is very good. Obviously, Andrew Luck is, is, is you know a fan of his. I uh, like their running backs. T. Y. Hilton's good. Uh, I just think he's a little undersized. Uh, I, I think Eric Ebron is going to be a monster again this year for the Colts. That, that's uh, his number
1: one wide receiver.
2: Yeah. So. Well, and and I know we talk about when it, 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 when that is the case, then that's a bad thing. But he doesn't have to always be the number one guy. It's all about right matchups. You know, I mean, we all know that, Sonny. Matchups are. Well, they
1: picked up I don't
2: know. I don't know, Cuervo. They picked up
1: Funches, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, from yeah. Carolina. Now, yeah. in reality, Funches was the number one wide receiver for Cam Newton, but I mean, Cam Newton and yeah. and. You know, Andrew Luckard
2: yeah, you know, nah, Yeah. Not a fan of his. I uh, I he doesn't, I mean he's just you no know, you'll you'll see the difference. Oh. I mean he's an okay number two, I guess. But uh So so
1: so you're worried about him in reality. You don't think that I don't he's think the so, guy?
2: Tim.
1: So is that what you're saying? <laughs> I I just I mean He's an
2: average. He's an average receiver. He, I mean, he had to. He had to do more in Carolina because of the situation yeah. he got there, where
4: yeah. they don't have
2: any Good receivers. Point. You know what I mean? So Good uh, point. he had to step up. Here, I think you're going to see the difference with him because there are other options, and it wouldn't surprise me if somebody else slides up to that number two uh, wide receiver spot uh, ahead of Funches. Because as of right now, I'm sure he's probably listed as the number two receiver for for the Colts. Uh, but uh, I don't think that's going to be the case um, for for very long. Well, Cuervo, as far as, as
1: that is concerned, when you look at the wide receiver uh, the wide receivers for the Colts, there there there's not really a solidified number one unless you want to call T.Y. Hilton the number one. All right, they have mm-hmm. Deion Kane, they have Penny Hart, they have Chester Rogers, nobody really the right home. So he's in a battle with T.Y. Hilton. And, listen, T.Y. Hilton is, you know, average at best in reality when you look at that. so You know, I, I don't know. I it, You get the versatility of a T.Y. Hilton, which makes it, you know, if I'm not mistaken, he's returning kicks back too, isn't he, Cuervo? Um
2: T.Y. Hilton was he? I think he might yeah, he might be. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I'm I'm sure I he is. think I mean, he probably is.
1: Yeah, I think he yes. is. I, I yeah. So you get the versatility of a T.Y. Hilton but see, but that's the difference between an Andrew Luck and a Peyton Manning. Now I'm not saying they're the same, but Peyton uh-huh. Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck have the capabilities of taking a Devin Function, T. Y. Hilton, Deion Kane and Penny Hart, making them household names next year. You watch. We might be talking about one of these four guys having an outstanding season because what happens? A quarterback at that caliber puts them on the map. You know, there are only so many quarterbacks in the NFL that can do that. Guervo, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Tom Brady, um, uh, Drew Brees, uh, Peyton Manning when he played. And Andrew Luck is that kind of caliber quarterback that can do that. Now, he hasn't been able to do it for the last couple of years. So last year, he was getting his feet up underneath him, and he proved that he can be a quarterback. Now, I think we see an opportunity for him to take steps, and that's where, and that's the reason why I put him in there. I think the, I, the opportunity for growth and being better this year compared to last year, I think they take that step. and they Now, if you remember correctly, not more than four years ago, but we're talking about the Indianapolis Colts winning this uh, division by default. I mean, I don't know if you remember that or not because the, all the teams were just so mediocre at best, if not worse. But now this uh-huh. whole division, just what I was talking about, has improved so much uh, you know, that you know, they're, they're actual viable other teams that are going there. But now guess what's falling back into place? Back to Indianapolis, back to Houston, and then the bottom two bottom feeders, Tennessee or Jacksonville. Um, So it's going back to what it was. I could better and different. It's just the way it is. So that's what we got. We got the Indianapolis Colts. Both of us were right there on the top. We both also, you know, have the Houston Texans uh, in second place as well. Um, And we also agree on the third and fourth uh, spots, Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. It should be a very interesting division of football. And not only that, now – when you look at this division, Cuervo, I think Houston and Indianapolis are both teams that I think that can make it at least into the second round of the playoffs if it works out that way. Um, they're, they're, I think both of those two teams are that good. I think they can make it at least into the second round of the playoffs. What do you think about playoff opportunities for one of those two teams if a wild card comes out of the South? Um.
2: I think we need to hit the Tad Koppel button on this one, Sonny. What? uh, Do you got news for me? Well, then let's do it.
1: I I think I know where this is going.
2: Go for it, Claire. I think I know where this is going. Go for it. Sonny, the Indianapolis Colts will be playing in the AFC Championship game this year.
1: Wow, that is a – So that'll be interesting to talk about because we'll be talking about the playoffs and everything else and who we think will be going. That that is a Cuervo. That is that's a that is a big that is a big prediction for a football team that does have its little flaws, especially defensively. We're talking about that as far as their uh, thing. But I I think I I don't know if I I don't know if I'll stretch them to the AFC Championship game. I don't. Neither one of these teams. I, I don't think make it to the championship game. It was, I, I I just don't think so. I think there's just too much power coming out of the West. I think obviously you have the Patriots over there. Yeah, uh, it, it should be. And then you got the wow. That is a huge one because you're talking about Baltimore, you're talking about Pittsburgh, you're talking about uh, uh, obviously over in the south or in the east with the Patriots. Got Kansas City to the Chargers. Wow, that. That's that's a big that's a big bold prediction. I I'm impressed. I don't think I could go that far though.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I I mean look, I I mean yeah, you're right. I mean out west especially, you have got a lot of power yeah. out there with the charters and wow. Kansas City. Um, and Lord forbid if I mean, Denver gets better with Flacco at the quarterback position, you know i would still not counting. I, I that mean, out. who knows? You never know. That that yep. could be a thing, but um, I wouldn't hold my breath. Because <laughs> you might pass out <laughs> waiting on waiting on yeah. Denver to get better again. But no, I mean in all seriousness, um, you know I know I, I know I kind of harped on the the fact that Indianapolis doesn't really have a shutdown corner of any type. Uh, I think I think with everything else that they do have going on, it you know it could compensate for it. Yeah, it's just absolutely
1: you Peyton Manning all over again. That, Cuervo. They didn't have a defense when that guy played. I mean, Corvallis. I mean, Indianapolis never had a good a, a good defense when, when Peyton Manning is there. Or am I mistaken? I, I just I never really remember the the Indianapolis Colts defense going. Oh God, yeah, there you go, right there. That's the defense. I never
2: really remember that. Not no, not really. Even even the year that they beat my beloved Chicago Bears in the Super Bowl. Yes. Um, yes. That that defense was average. You know what I mean? I mean they. I mean Bob yep. Sanders was was a stud. If you remember him, that that little safety that they had, uh, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, he he was the, the the bright light of that defense, and and even he was you know not a guy that was going to become like a huge difference maker, or he's like a guy that you build a defense around, like a like right. a JJ Watt or a or a Khalil yeah. Mack or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, uh but I mean, he was very good at what he did, and that was like. You know, between him and and Dwight Freeney, those those two were were the, you know, the cornerstones of that defense. And Freeney was a guy you could build around, but Bob yeah. Sanders not as Dwight much. Dwight Freeney was a so,
0: badass.
2: Yeah, he was. He was. And uh, so that was yeah. I mean, that was what their defense was. It was Dwight Freeney, Bob Sanders, and then you had a bunch of other guys. <laughs> you had nine other yep. dudes on the field with them. Uh so trying to figure it yeah, out. Yep, yeah. good point. I mean, Peyton Manning yeah, Peyton Manning never had a defense until he went to Denver. That yep. was the when he really finally had a defense.
1: Yeah, and, and thankfully so, because no disrespect to the guy, he wasn't the same quarterback that he was in Indianapolis, but he just had a Yeah, enough. could
2: you imagine, Sonny, could you imagine if he had that defense in his Colts days? Oh yeah. <laughs> he might
1: have he might have just who? whipped up
2: three in a row. Tom Who? Yeah, yeah, I said exactly. It. Tom, who? Yeah, that's what that's what yep. would have been happening. People would have been yep. like Tom, who? Peyton yep. Manning would have been the the one with six rings.
1: Good point. So good point. Interestingly enough, all right. So let's do this. Let's take our, our final break of the of the show. When we come back, we'll have a full hour to talk about the NFC uh, the NFC South. Um, I don't know if we're going to spend a lot of time on that one or not, but. Interestingly enough, I got a team that I think is going to shock everybody. I, and 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 I know Sonny is going to receive the emails, and I might even have a friend of ours on the on the broadcast every once in a while. Want to sock Sonny in the mouth? We'll talk about that on the other side here on the Couch with <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shows, The <laughs> NFC South. Uh, We'll be back. No, on fine. that being said, our Sunday morning tradition continues on here into our tenth At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Chang Lee's Taekwondo in Rowlett. At Chang Lee's Taekwondo, we specialize in all types of Taekwondo, and you can also sign up for free instruction classes. That's Chang Lee's Taekwondo, modern training with traditional values. being taken for a ride? Check out Cost Insurance, serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. Cost Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Rowlett Road where we make insurance funds. Or check us out on the web at costlowinsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road. In shouldn't your home be your own custom one-of-a-kind introducing custom fabric design exclusively from budget blinds we'll help you create your own custom fabric that fits your style perfectly with 1500 patterns and every single color under the rainbow will help you design your perfect luxurious drapes and accessories to make your home your own no one else does custom like this only from budget blinds Call Karen McKinney to schedule your free in-home consultation today at 972-722-9300. That's 972-722-9300. Or go online to budgetblinds.com forward slash roulette and book your appointment today.
2: Finding the perfect home starts with Remax.com. Featuring 5 million bedrooms, 4 million bathrooms, plus every detail ever. Find the listings you love and the agents who can get them at Remax.com. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy
1: Massey for all your home buying or selling needs. For homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett, give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. This is 7 o'clock radio voice of so your Rowlett equals, asking Are you dealing with unpleasant smells or odors in your home? Is there a foul odor that you just can't find? Your best bet is to contact my friend Michael Smith of Lone Star State Mitigation. Mike is an expert when dealing with pet odors, urine, smoke, or unpleasant smells that you just can't pinpoint. He's also an expert in dealing with issues after a pipe burst in your home or an emergency that causes damage. You need to contact Mike at Lone Star State Mitigation. Give him a call at 469-360-2997. Lone Star State Mitigation, restoring the calm after the storm. Clark, the working man in sports radio coming to you live here on a Sunday morning as we take a look at all of the news that's going on. We are working on the divisions of football for the next couple of weeks as we get closer and closer to the NFL. We are on the NFC South route right now, but That having been said, uh, there's some news that we want to talk about really quick um, because we don't talk about tragedies a lot when we talk about football. Um, And there was a huge tragedy in reality when you talk about talent and, Uh, In a fortunate car accident, uh, Kendrick Norton loses his arm on Wednesday night uh, in a car accident. This guy is only 22 years old, and uh, I'm sure... The Dolphins obviously had him for a reason. This guy was not a bad football player at all. A big loss there. And also more news as far as tragedies are concerned. Um, The ESPN uh, NFL analyst and well as certified badass Teddy Bruschi um, had a stroke. Um, So, and that happened uh, a couple of days ago. So some big news right there as far as, um, also uh as far as that and another loss for indoor football and uh, you know a backup quarterback to eli manning um Uh, Jared Lorenz out of Kentucky, he passes away at 38 years old. Uh, He was known as one of the big guys at the quarterback position. Uh, Some big losses there, Cuervo, as we move into uh, uh, this one. I wanted to at least uh, note those really quick and wanted to know if you had anything that you wanted to say uh, regarding those uh, three.
2: Yeah, so I knew about the guy that got into the accident and lost his arm. Or they had to amputate it and I knew about Hefty Lefty, aka Jared Lorenzen. But yep. I didn't know about Teddy Bruski. Wow, I did not know that, that happened. I yeah, hope Pat he's all stroke right. on July fifth, yeah. I had no idea. i I'd, I'd, you know, as much ESPN as I watch, I don't ever remember them mentioning that. Or did I get a notification on my phone, so that's kinda yep. weird, but but yeah, I mean, I hope Brewski's okay. Uh, you know, I mean, he's a tough guy. You know, he's been he's had health issues in the past too, uh, with other things. But uh, I'm sure he's going to pull through, and he's going to be good, and he's going to be healthy, and be back on the air. I'm sure very soon. So.
1: I hope so, because I like his take, Um, and you would think that he's a Patriot take guy. He's not necessarily that as well. Um, You know, he's very good at what he does when – yeah. He's a very good analyst for them. Now, uh, just and just really quick, I wanted to get your feelings on uh, the situation with Colin Kaepernick and obviously the latest oh, thing geez. coming out with Nike. I, I, I just, I, I mean, you may or may not even want to talk about it. If not, I mean, I know exactly where we need to go after that. Um, so, I mean, I, what was your opinion on it, if you had one at all? Well,
2: quit crying. That's my opinion you' your damn crying. You know, people read too much into things, honey. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I it just it just really, like, if he has that much time to, to look into, you know, certain flags and meanings and all that, you, know, you should, you know, you should be spending that time trying to work on your craft of being a quarterback, you know, and trying to get back in the league if that's what you really want instead of. You know, trying to give everybody a history lesson. You know, that's that's my thought. Well, but it,
1: it, that that's a that's a very good point. I mean, it, 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 right there with the decision to come out about this, it shows where his priorities are. It's not on football. That's now, what I'm saying. It's on And efficacy, that's what I mean. Hey, wonderful. If that's where he's mm-hmm. going to, now, I don't want to hear about he's the best backup quarterback option for anybody at all. I'm done with that part of it. Football in reality, as far as Colin Kaepernick is concerned, is far past him now, Cuervo. So I don't even want to hear about, you know, the signings, oh, Kaepernick was better than this and better than that. I don't even want to hear about it. That having been said, I do have a bone to pick really quick with Nike. Who's paying who? I mean, really. I mean, Nike, isn't Colin Kaepernick an employee of yours? Why don't you just tell him to shut up? Listen, this is what we're doing here. This is what's going on here. Done. Final. No need to talk about this anymore. You know, you do what you do. But, I mean, this is a a company. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, that shoe would have sold big time, Cuervo. There was millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars they missed out on that. So I want to know where the backbone of Nike is. You're worried that you're pissing off Colin Kaepernick? Guess what? Cut him from his contract, and he's done with you, too. So, you know, it, listen, uh, There, there's certain things that you can say, certain things you can't. I get it. I understand it. But Nike Nike should not be any – Nike shouldn't be bowing to anybody. Nike should be the ones determining the, the factors of him working or not working with their company. Um, so uh, maybe I'm a little bit disappointed in Nike. I'm not having the backbone to stand up and say, no, we're going to sell these. We're going to sell these. And we're going to make millions of dollars. You know, listen, I got a lot to say about Nike, um, you know, eh, eh, on other realms of their business. Okay, I got a lot to say about it, but I, th- this right here just goes to show they don't even have backbones that stand up against their own employee. That, that to me, it makes it. And it doesn't matter what you think about what Colin Kaepernick said. Why are they making a the big decision to lose out on Millions of dollars square, bow by not selling the shoe, it doesn't make
2: any sense to me. Yeah, I I, I kind of was wondering the same thing, you know, as far as like what Nike was going to do about it or how they were going to respond. And the fact that yep. you know, based on what you're saying, there really wasn't a response. It was just kind of like, you know, they just kind of let it slide, and and that's why, and you know, and that's why he continues to. Say the things he says, do the things he does, because nobody's holding them accountable. And you know Nike, they—I mean—they act like that whole like do something if, even if it means believing in blah blah whatever that campaign that they did with with him as the face of it. I mean, they act like he, you know, that caused their you know them to have like all kinds of you know, profit and their stocks went up and. I mean, they they made it seem like he was the savior for the company when in reality it didn't really affect anything. If anything, yeah. it made really some really funny memes, is what it actually did. But you know, I mean, it did whatever, right? Yep. <laughs> so, uh, I I just I, I yeah, I think you're right. I mean, bowing down, kind of just catering to, uh, uh, you know, certain individuals, uh. I think is the wrong message that Nike's sending. Uh just I think it is too. You know, just
1: it's, it's one pretty thing much to have it's one thing to have something that you need to back. I get it. I understand what Colin yeah. listen, I, I actually even commend the guy for what he's doing. But when you're Nike and you're giving up the opportunity to make that amount of money because listen, it's more than what they'd be paying him. Um so I mean that would help pay his salary. Um, And everything Mm -hmm. else. I just I found it very interesting. You know, I and I I, I get the I get the uh, side of it that he wants to put. I don't agree with it. And if you get the opportunity, I was going to put it up there. Go listen to what one um, um, Jason uh, Whitlock said about it. Jason Whitlock. Go back and listen to it, because Jason, what Jason Whitlock? If you guys don't know, he's a uh, he's a black commentator for Fox and a couple of other uh, independents. Mm-hmm. And, and I like when I like I like Whitlock. I don't like Whitlock with uh, who's the other dude, um, uh, Colin Cowherd. I don't like it when those two were together. Um, but I like him singularly, all by himself, I, and when he makes points and things like that. So I do like him. Now that having been said, Cuervo. Let's do it. Let's get into the NFC South. Now we're talking about the NFC South and what's going on there. Let's talk about last year. the The ending of the standings uh, was the New Orleans. I, I'm trying to say it now. Say it right, New Orleans. It's the New Orleans Saints uh, winning the division at impressive 13 and 3. Atlanta 7 and 9. Carolina 7 and 9. The Tampa Bay 5 and 11. Good God. Shoot those other three teams. Oh, my God, it reminds me of the AFC uh, East, for God's sake. Can someone win a football game? Six games separated the first and second, uh, or the second and third place teams it is pathetic. So, that being said, of course, that's the name of the show. I'm going to turn it over to Cuervo because he's got our picks from last year. Querreyville, how do we do in the a, uh, the NFC South? I don't think I did worth a nickel.
2: NFC South. Um, no, actually, hold on a second. Let's let's double check something. Where's the standings? Oh, here's AFC. What about NFC? Where's NFC? Okay, New Orleans. No, no, we what? were pretty. We, think were, about that? we think, were kind of thought on. I, was we were say, kind I of think spot we on. were on it. <laughs> uh, we had the same. So we had the same exact picks. Uh, we did get the Saints right, winning the division, and we did get Tampa Bay right, being last in the division. Where we went, where we we went wrong. Was we. We flipped Carolina and Atlanta. So we had Carolina finishing second and we had Atlanta finishing third. Which technically I mean they had the same record. They finished seven and nine. So guess what, Sonny? We nailed it. We got it we got it all. Uh, no, tiebreaker.
1: <laughs> tiebreaker Atlanta had the tiebreaker. Yeah. So we yeah, dropped yeah. it on that but second, Yeah, but but yes, uh, exactly. But you know, wise, seven and yeah, nine and seven and nine is got awful. Yeah, well, kind so. of awful for that football. For either one of the teams in second or third place to finish seventh, ninth, the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers had no business finishing there. If you go by their talent, okay, which obviously goes to show paper can say a lot of things. But when you put it together out on the football field, you got to bring it together, and that's exactly what did not happen in any one of these football teams. Uh, football teams. Mm-hmm. Having said Cuervo, the, the scary thing about that is, is when you see what happens in that division of football, and, and and the and the bad thing, the bad thing for that football team or, or those teams within this division is, is that when you have the ability to play better and you've got the personnel that you do and you don't step it up, then you start questioning what's going on with the coaching staff. And in Atlanta, I'm telling you right now, it's one of the things that, listen, they didn't do any much better here in the off season. We'll talk about that here in a moment, but Atlanta Going and doing what they did, they, they had no business. The offense that they have, the potency of that offense, they should have been in second mm-hmm. place. They should have been at ten and six at worst. And, and they end up seven and nine. Well, Cuervo, it's a god awful season well, a, for a football team with that much potential.
2: Well, here, here's the problem. It, it wasn't offensively where they struggled. It was defensively. I mean, they lost Deion Jones for the season. He went down early. They lost their safety, Keanu Neal. He went down for the whole season. Uh, they had another uh, linebacker, Tack McKinley, who was in and out of the lineup. So it, it, defensively, they got hit hard with injuries. So it wasn't even offensively, because offensively they did what they were supposed to. Uh, I mean, they scored, what, you know, over 400 points in, in, throughout the season, uh, so they did what they had to do, but they but they gave but the point differential overall through, through the season for the Falcons was minus nine. So they gave up nine more points than they actually scored. How many times? Yeah, you know, has have, have we heard of the Falcons getting outscored? You know what I'm saying? So the defense, yeah. it really is what what was disappointing for them because of of the where they got hit. I mean, you're talking about two Pro Bowl guys that went down for the season for those for them and, and you're going to yep. see a difference this year uh i think you better. If, if they if yeah you better, well i mean there are going to be some be big old healthy.
1: changes in atlanta especially with that brand new billion couple billion dollar stadium that they built they'd better win football games
2: hmm. and they will they will i, I think i think they're going to have a better year this year barring injury interesting yep
1: yeah. Interestingly enough, it it does bring us to this division of football. So, Cuervo, let's go at it because, you know, time is a-wasting. So, let's do it. Let's talk about the team that's Sonny Clark that's going to end up in fourth place. And and Tarvin's down the road to beat me up. Okay? Tarvin, I love you. And you know Sonny's got some mad love for you. Your Carolina Panthers are in a lot of trouble, my friend. The Carolina Panthers, okay, are a football team. I – I'm going to make this point after Cuervo talks a a little bit about him, but there's a big point I'm going to make about this football team after Cuervo talks about it. But, Cuervo, we're seeing a decline. You, You can say whatever you want about Cam Newton. We're seeing a decline in him. We're also seeing a decline in a football team that could take mediocre players and make them somewhat good because of the talent of Cam Newton. But we're not getting Cam Newton that everybody should be thinking that we should be getting. I mean, let's be honest. We're not talking about the Superman anymore. We're talking, about, we're talking about the you know a different player now. Cam Newton is not the Cam Newton that we all love and know. Okay? So it's the reason why I picked him. Because really, obviously, quarterback is a big portion of it. And I don't see Cam Newton getting better. And listen, the moves that they made in the offseason, Cuervo, was nothing to write home to mama about where you go, goodness, look out for the Carolina Panthers. You're going to tear this division up. If anything, they took a step back in reality. And Cuervo, this is going to be a long season for Carolina Panthers fans. And you're on mute.
2: Let's see here. Yeah, you're on mute. Yeah, sorry about that, Sonny. You know what I was—I was saying, what I was trying to say to you, but I wanted to tell him myself was that I'm surprised you didn't hit the Ted Koppel button on that one. But to me, oh. that's pretty big news. That's pretty—that's pretty breaking. That's that's groundbreaking analysis right there to say that the Panthers are going to finish last. And yeah, you're going to hear from Tarvin very soon once he was. the show.
1: I know he's going <laughs> to have my—he's going to have my behind.
2: Yeah. He is. So be be ready for it. Race for impact. Can you want they to know why, Claremont?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, you want to know why. Okay. Listen, if you look at the Carolina Panthers, okay, in the last part of the season, the last six weeks
0: mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. season
1: for the Carolina Panthers, okay, the Carolina Panthers won uh, four of their last six, okay? They. Uh, lost to the uh, they lost a, in a did they, they make the wild card quiver last year? The Panthers. They did
2: not. No, they did not. The Saints were the only team in the NFC South that made the playoffs last year.
1: Thank you. All right, so I, I'm thinking wrong. I, oh no, I'm thinking the year before that because they played the Saints two years ago. Yep. But, yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. T- yeah. E- exactly. So you know w- we need to see we need to see something for the Carolina Panthers in order for them to be who they are. All right. So I want to see more from them. And I, I and I, they've been on a slow, de, a slow decline. And also they lost their guy Cuervo and, and it, well, Cam Newton did Funches. He was their number one wide receiver for this football team. Guess what? He's gone. Okay. And as you said, he wasn't even all that great in the first place. So you got that. Um, so when I look at this team, As far as where these these teams are going to end up within this division, I see a trend. Okay, now that having been said, well, but before I make that point, when when the when the Carolina Panthers cannot get out of their own way to win football games, it it makes it very rough for for fans of this football team to get behind it. Listen. Those people come to that – they fill up that stadium, Cuervo, like you wouldn't believe because of Cam Newton. Now, do you think – and I'll ask this. Do you think that the fans have lost – I mean, are they beginning to see what I'm seeing right now with Cam Newton? Is he on the downfall within his career uh, of football?
0: Mm -mm.
2: I mean – I definitely think he's he's going through a tough, a rough patch in his career right now. I don't know if it's like he's on the downhill um, just yet. Uh, but the problem is, you know, our biggest criticism with the Panthers is that he hasn't had any weapons to throw to, right? And then yeah. the little bit of weapons that he does have, he decide, they the Panthers decide to let them go. Now, they did get Chris Hogan from the uh, the Patriots. So you can call that. A, I think I think it was a small upgrade from Funches. Going from Funches to Hogan, I think was an upgrade. Uh, <laughs> just because. Okay, that's fine. You can laugh. You can laugh if you want to. But the knowledge that he brings, learning from Tom Brady, I think is going to be a lot that uh, very valuable to Cam Newton and the and the and the Carolina Panthers. The problem that I see uh, with them, though, is I think you're going to see a situation where a guy like a Christian McCaffrey gets used and abused, uh, and I think they're going to use him too much. And and when you use a guy too much, what are you what are you risking there? You're risking injury, right? And, and you would think if McCaffrey, if McCaffrey if McCaffrey goes down, Sonny, that's when the Panthers are really going to be in trouble. I know, I know that that's what you're saying about them right now, but I think if, if something happens to Christian McCaffrey, it, it's a wrap. It's wrap, Carolina. You can kiss their season goodbye. Depending on how bad it is and all that, because so, Greg Greg Olson, as much as I love Greg Olson, he's not the guy he once was. Right. DJ Moore is an undersized but good receiver. Um. So, I don't think they really have a guy that when you need a long third zone conversion or you're in the red zone. I don't know that they have a guy that they can say go up and get the ball uh, they they don't have that guy and that's and that's what's gonna hurt them
1: i I think what hurts also when when you look at it you know the season where are they in the season when you're the Carolina Panthers, okay? All right, looking looking at the season last year, Cuervo, they were actually respectful after four games of the season. They were 3-1. And, and And you were wondering, mm-hmm. wow, are we going to get Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers that we've all been waiting for to emerge? And it's almost like the pressure started immediately after that, Cuervo. Um, you, you say what you want. They were six and two, then six and three, then six and four, then six and five, then six and six. They Quervo, re- this is a football team that lost many games in a row. I mean, we're, we're talking a seven-game losing streak, Cuervo. at the end of mm-hmm. the season, a seven-game losing streak, and yeah. it, it, and against teams they should beat, Cuervo. I right, listen, you you don't expect to beat the Steelers, okay? All right, that's one thing. But you, you you end up losing to the Detroit Lions. You should be able to beat them. All right, Seattle, I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't lose it. Maybe you should lose that one. I don't know, but it's a winnable game. But Tampa Bay, Cleveland, now you're going to lose to New Orleans, but you got to beat Atlanta. And, you know, so now they did beat New Orleans last game of the year, but guess what? No one gave a rip. I mean, they were six games up, for God's sake. I mean, it, it, you know, so, so if you thought New Orleans was giving you the best effort, you're crazy. So you might as well figure um, week 10 through week 17, they lost eight games in a row. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if that game was for a playoff spot, the Panthers would have lost that damn football game. But New Orleans didn't give a rip about it. And that is the reason why Cuervo Mm -hmm. that I put them in last place in this division is how they finished the season. Um, That that should have been an eight game losing streak on the way out the door. Okay. And they, and they did. Now that having been said, one of those were against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now they won the other one on the rebound. That's fine. Okay. But the, the, the fact, that they lost all those games at the end of the season makes you wonder, all right, how are they going to move forward in 2019? What are they going to do? Cuervo, we're not talking about the Carolina Panthers making huge moves in the offseason. None. If you want to think Hogan is a big move, that's fine. I don't think so. Hogan is a number three wide receiver. He's nothing. That's my personal opinion. The guy sucks. Okay, here's the reason why I think he sucks. Because if he was worth a damn, he'd still be over in the Patriots. All right? So someone definitely moved up ahead of him in line, so that they, they let him go. Whether it's because of ability or attitude, whatever the case may be, he's not a Patriot anymore. And, and so when the Patriots get rid of you, you've got you to gotta ask yourself the question, was it about money? I don't think so. Because if he was worth a damn, they'd pay him. So that's the only thing that I look at. The, the, so, okay, is Hogan better than Funches? I think they're the same guy if if not a little bit worse i think I think there's more upstretch for Funches than it does Hogan just based upon where they are in their career, but the, the Carolina Panthers did not make, score big in off season. Uh, the draft, okay, they 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 addressed a couple of things they needed to, but no big splashes. Cuervo. I mean, I, I don't know who they take in the draft. Do you even
2: remember? Carolina Panthers. Um, son of a gun. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about it too. I'm like, who did they draft? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it,
1: I mean. They didn't make a splash for us to remember. Listen, when teams make big splash pickups, uh, yep. especially in the
2: draft, I think we remember them. So who would I forget? Here here it is. They drafted Brian Burns out of Florida State, pass rusher. Uh, it just says he's an edge rusher. So I don't know. I guess you could put him an outside linebacker, or you could put him uh, on the end. So... It's uh you can go either one, but uh, I mean, look, I wonder Florida what State, Jonathan thinks of. School. Jonathan would know who that guy
1: is. I don't even know who he is, so I I, I don't pay that much to Florida State football.
2: In reality, well, they have I been mean, a joke for years. So, so. I mean, he was he was on the show with us, so I guess if we go back and we listen to what his analysis was of him probably tell us everything we need to know probably but but um,
1: I, I mean I know I'm crazy I, and this is not a stretch this is not a dig by the way to Tarvin just so that you know Tarvin this is not dig at you just to have something to talk about I just don't see any improvement on this football team I mean they they should have lost the last games of the year all eight games of their la- uh, of the season and, and you know it, when you are the Carolina Panthers you can't finish the season after week number nine there's seven more there's eight more weeks to go or right, eight more weeks to go after week nine and you' really in reality lost them all so in reality, you should have been six and nine and and that and that's that's pathetic so you know but on the other hand, you know maybe i'm missing something que but do you see any Light for the Carolina Panthers I got them finished last in this Division where do you have The uh, Carolina Panthers in this One
2: Yes so I have them I have them finishing Third uh, I think there's a small light for them it's, it's just all really going to depend On cam I mean we need Good cam we need cam right. to show up uh, We don't need Grumpy cam we don't need What the hell are you wearing cam We need the cam that is is going to bring positivity to this football team and when that guy shows up Carolina Panthers are a much different team just like you know the year he won the MVP if you remember uh he was Mm -hmm. you know I mean he brought a lot of energy to that to that football team and uh I mean you saw what they did so that's the cam that they need to bring back
1: it it would be so.
2: wonderful because it would be wonderful to see
1: a guy that could make that move, you know, to become mm-hmm. who everybody expected him to be. Not just last year, Querfeld, but a couple of years before that. You know, so to continue on to the success when they made it to to the big game, to the big dance, and they're just not doing it now. I don't know. I mean, is that coaching? Is that personnel? Is that general manager? I think it's a it's a combination of all of them. But really, in reality, whoever's making the decision on who to bring on this football team, I, I forget who I forget who the GM is. I I don't remember GMs unless I'm really getting into it. Um, but. Something has to be done to help Cam. Now, there also needs to be another thing. These referees need to start throwing some flags. This guy's getting beat up. But that also tells you something about the offensive line, Cuervo. The offensive line has been dismal for the last couple of years because you want to talk a quarterback has taken some major hits for the last three years. Cam Newton has taken more hits than anybody. That's because the refs are keeping the flags in their pocket because So they continue to do it. If they start throwing the flags or for hidden Cam, I think they could be better. But the problem is the precedent's already set with Cam Newton, and that's the problem. The precedent is set. He's not a quarterback, so they don't throw the flag, and that is the problem. He's not getting the respect of the position, Cuervo. Uh, from the referees and I can't believe I'm saying it the referees are a big reason why Cam Newton uh, is where he isn't within his career as well I think the fact they don't give this guy the respect of throwing the flag when they should the late hits all the time Cuervo and what has happened he's taken some major shots to the head Cuervo you can say whatever you want I I am a concussion guy all right. You, you, sometimes you'll hear me go, "Gosh, Sonny's having a concussion episode." That's that's what's going on to, with this guy. This guy's taking a beating, and 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 they didn't, they really didn't do anything for the offensive line here in the off-season, to protect them. So you lost bunches, brought in Hogan, same guy, no big. Who is the guy that Cam Newton can throw the football to? And you go back, Des Bryant. Des Bryant. Listen, Des Bryant would be perfect for Cam Newton because these guys are the two same guys. You want to talk about being on the same wavelength? Those two would be right there. I think that would be good. Now, there's some talk about one wide receiver coming out of retirement who used to play for the Detroit Lions, and I'll tell you right now, being on the phone with Calvin Johnson is what the Panthers should be doing. That is my thing. If they pull that off, Cuervo, if they get a a Calvin Johnson – and even though he's been out of the, the off the field for a while, it's not going to take long for him to get back into shape and ready to go to play football. That would be a big pickup for him. But we've already seen Panthers don't pay any money for any football players in order to help Cam Newton win football games.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, that, that would be a good uh, – I've always said that Des Bryant would be a good fit in Carolina, but – there's a lot of teams mm-hmm. that could use a Des Bryant. You know, the Panthers are one of them. You know, we mentioned, uh, uh, who was it earlier that we were talking about? Uh, the Jaguars, I think we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Or somebody. Mm-hmm. I forget. But, yeah. I mean, um, to answer your question, though, I think the guy that right now, if, if, if I had to be a betting man, as to who's gonna merge as the number one guy for Cam Newton. I think it's gonna be DJ Moore. I mean this is a you know Okay. He, he he actually does remind me a little bit of Steve Smith. You know, he's a small guy but uh you know he runs with a lot of you know uh he just, just, just the way he plays it reminds me of Steve Smith. I say small yep. dude can go up and get the ball and you know he, he's got that he's got that toughness about him. Um that that you want out of those undersized receivers, uh, he's hard he's hard to take down, um, and just I don't know, just seeing him running the way he the way he does, like his style reminds me a lot of Steve Smith. So, if yeah. Yeah. imagine if he can be that guy for for the Panthers again, they can they can relive that again. That would be that was exactly what what the doctor ordered for the Panthers. If if that could happen,
1: yeah. And, and th- that being said. You know, it, it just for lack of time, you know, I don't think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are any better than they are. It's just the trend. Now, I'm not saying the trend that the Buccaneers are any better, Cuervo, that they're on some kind of upswing, but I'm just going by age of Jameis Winston. Now, I don't think this guy is anything to write home to mama about. Okay. The guy barely, the the guy barely is able to make a difference out on the football field. You say whatever you want, but I think there's potential in Jameis Winston. Now, should I think there should be a potential in Cam Newton? Of course, I think there should be, but we've shown over the years that we're not getting it. Not that Jameis Winston has shown that he can go out and be the guy, Um, in reality, because he's not. He didn't even throw for 3,000 yards this past season, Cuervo. Eight yards shy of 3,000. But where the number is, is 19 touchdowns. Now, Cam Newton had 24 touchdowns in the season. um, But the interception ratio, Cam Newton threw a bunch. So, you know, uh, you know, interceptions for Jameis Winston are 14. Cam Newton, I think he had like, I, I think he had like 16, if I'm not mistaken. I'm gonna find it if he. There he is, Cam Newton interceptions. Whereas, INT He had 13 last year. So, And I think that, you know, now the year before that he threw 16, so it went down a little bit, but he's got to stop throwing the ball to the other team, Cuervo, and also he's had a couple turnover, more turnovers this past year than he did in the years before that as well, so you can't turn the ball over, and he's got to think better with the ball, but when you're desperate, you make mistakes, and that's where the Carolina Panthers are. This is a football team that's desperate because they
2: can't win football games on a
1: consistent basis.
2: Ah, uh, you talking about – you're talking about Tampa Bay or are you still talking about Carolina? Cause you no, no,
1: I went, went – I went, the Carolina, the lead into Tampa Bay, but yes. yeah, But it was oh, Carolina okay. that I was talking about there at that last point. But – Oh, gotcha. Okay. I mean, yeah. What do you I think, mean, I, I mean, what do you think about the, the the Buccaneers? I mean, they're not a good football team. I don't see them getting any better. There's nothing that happened that they did that was, you know. So crazy. I mean, they had about the same off season as the Carolina Panthers did. I mean, so I mean, you mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. have them in last place in this division for a reason, and it's probably because you think Cam Newton's just a better quarterback. So that's where you end up having the, the little switch to do. But I, you know, I don't know. Well, I mean, too bad.
2: Football that's part teams. of it. That's part of it. But I, I just, I just think that uh, Tampa Bay is not a very well coached football team, uh, and, that, and that's that, no disrespect. There you go. You know, and that's no disrespect to who the coach is. It's just, you know, I mean, he's just, um, he's not as experienced, uh, doesn't have as much talent, Uh, you know, little things like that. I mean, they lose to Sean Jackson, Tampa Bay does. Um, You say what you want about him. He was a productive guy for the Buccaneers. Um, And he helped them get to that fast start that they had last year when when Fitzpatrick was filling in for Jameis. During the suspension, yep. and uh, yep, you know the guy guy was the leading receiver for you know the first couple of weeks of the season. Deshaun Jackson was so, uh, you know, that's a lot of productivity that you're losing, you know, because Deshaun Jackson's not there. Um, yep, you know, and Mike Evans is starting to not produce, and and, and I don't know what's going on with that, but he's he's not. The same receiver that we saw a couple of years ago, correct. And so, yep. Um, you know, so there's 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 definitely some some inconsistency with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and and when when you're inconsistent like they are, I, I can't I can't there's I don't give you much, <laughs> I don't give you much credit, or, or I'm not going to give you much of a chance. So that's yeah. why I've got them finishing last. I mean, it's like you said, you know that. They're not a good team. It doesn't seem like they're getting any better. So when you, put, when you factor those two things in, I mean, to me, it sounds like a last-place team to me, so I've got them in last. Yeah. And here's the thing. If, if Jameis, if something happens to him again, whether it's injury-wise, whether it's you know disciplinary-wise, who's the backup quarterback now?
1: Uh, it's very, you know what I mean? You know, I was going to ask you that, Quervo. I have no clue who the backup quarterback is in Tampa
2: Bay. I don't either. That and that's a huge but, problem. Uh, yeah. And, and so, with, you know, with that being said, um, Jameis is going to have to behave and, and try and stay as healthy as he can. He needs to play all sixteen games, or else, or else Tampa has no shot at even competing in this yeah. division.
1: Blaine Gabbard, by the way, is going to back up Jameis oh along with Nick Fitzgerald yeah, and Ryan Griffin. Yeah, um, so yeah, he needs to be a good boy. He needs to be a real good boy. <laughs> and yeah. you know, whether whether or not he, he will, that's always going to be well. See, that's the thing, Cuervo. You, you you can't you can't depend upon a young man like him because he's got the past and when you when you have the past you get you get what's going on um but mm-hmm. at the same time when you when and, and the, I think the guy's got a lot of talent i- re, I can't believe I'm even saying that I think the guy could play. I think the guy's gonna be really but here's my problem when it comes to that this is a football team that's gonna depend on Byron Leftwich to teach this young guy how to play. Will it make him better? I don't know. I mean, Arizona Cardinals thought Byron Leftwich was the next thing coming along since Drew Punch. Listen, he's a former Jacksonville Jaguar. I should love the guy. I don't. I don't think he's got. I, I don't think he's coach material. And Byron Leftwich is the is the offensive coordinator. So the question is, in reality, Cuervo, when you go from Dirk Cotter to Byron Leftwich, who's better? I, you know, the Atlanta Falcons should be in third or fourth place just for picking up Dirk Cotter. And you know, so I mean, I mean, my God, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's horrible. That, that, that's gonna take, that's gonna take me over because we're, we're kind of dealing on a time situation. But the Atlanta Falcons, I mean, the Atlanta Falcons just for that point, they that the last place in the division, but Carolina and Tampa Bay are so god awful, and the fact that the talent is there, okay. Now, I don't know how much they'll listen to Dirk Cotter. If you remember, he used to be the offensive coordinator for Atlanta. He goes away, and then all of a sudden they bring him back. Big mistake. But here's one thing that Dirk Cotter usually does, Squarevo. But then his first year of being where he's at, he does a good job. And if you are the Atlanta Falcons, you better hope that's all you need him for. Okay? Because after after this year, you're done. Okay? So – you know, you got Dirk Cotter, you got, you got at least an opportunity to maybe be better. Um, but my only problem with Atlanta is they're going to become that traditional, 8 to traditional, you know, team that you know exactly what's heading there, that is headed at them. And when you are that much of a predictable coach, you you are not a good football team. It's not good for Atlanta. And I know I bash this guy all the time. But this is not the right move for you as a football team. You, There's got to be somebody out there, Cuervo, that's better than Dirk Cotter. I'm sorry. And you bring him back? I mean, didn't you fire him for a reason? Yeah, because he sucked. So you decided to bring him back? I mean, goodness gracious. I, You know, I don't know. Maybe it's me. Maybe hey, I'm hey, old. You know. But when you fire someone and bring him back, what does that tell you about your franchise, Cuervo?
2: You're in trouble. Yeah, you know that one really surprised me uh, when I heard that they brought him back. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, I thought like they said, I mean, thought they'd they'd take they...
1: him to another football team so he can go screw them up. But no, they they decide they want a double <laughs> dose of Dirk Cotter. Congratulations, Savannah. Oh,
2: yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I, I, I just, here's your reward for you know, completely destroying the Atlanta Falcons. We'll bring you back. How does that sound? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, 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 mean, I scratched my head too when, when I saw that, or I remember hearing about that, and I was, you know, I was waiting for this day uh, to talk about it because I just wanted to hear your, you know, Sonny Clark's rant about right. Dirk Cotter. One of his favorites of all times. Yeah, my, oh, but, he, uh, he's
1: definitely my favorite. Now, the simple fact <laughs> oh, doesn't yeah, yeah, matter. It terrible. Crazy
2: knucklehead of terrible. Uh, Thank you, Chuck. Stupid Appreciate ass the move.
1: commentary. Stupid-ass room for a stupid-ass franchise that has no business. And listen, listen, you're, you're about ready to go up against a football team that beat you by six games. And, Oh, but Dirk Potter's the answer. You bunch of idiots. You deserve the finish lap. But the talent, there's the talent. They, they do have talent. I, and listen, I don't know what it is. I, I, I'm not sure what's wrong with Matt Ryan. I'm not sure what's wrong with with the uh, with the wide receivers. Uh, with uh, oh, his name's just slipped my mind. But the certified badass, and they're just not on the same page. But here's the problem. This I, remember last year when I said it was a make or break year for Ryan? Guess what? He played right into my trap on what I thought he was going to end up, and that's where he ended up. And now this is the year. This is the year on whether or not you'll see him after this year, Cuervo, because if he has a season like he did last year, who's going to take a risk and a flyer on this guy without spending a lot of money? No one, because they'll see what kind of guy this guy is because he has not been able to get over the Super Bowl hangover, lost Cuervo. He is, this guy, short of the term, it's scatter bring at the quarterback position. He's making mental mistakes all over the football field. He's not delivering the ball to Julio Jones, which is the guy he should be doing. And this is a mistake for this franchise. Taking the step backward. And and if I'm Julio Jones, I want the hell out of Atlanta.
2: Yeah. Well, Atlanta better be careful because that that's a real that's a very possible thing. If if they you know continue to to keep him unhappy, I guess would be the word. Um he'll leave. I mean look what look what yeah. happened to Odell Beckham. Nobody thought Odell yeah. Beckham would ever get traded. I mean that's a that's a uh, you know he's a generational type receiver. And the Giants had no problem trading him off. Over some, that Over a little bit of drama that, you know, words were said and and, and whatnot. So, my point is. Well, that yeah, was a move. Like, like,
1: that was a move in, in is where the Giants were saying we're in charge. It's not you, right? I mean, in reality.
2: And and I and I get that. Um, I think in that case though, there was really, I mean, what were what point were you trying to make? You know, that's my question. I can understand the Antonio Brown situation and the fact that they traded him out of Pittsburgh because he was causing drama within the the, the franchise within the organization. Yep. I, I don't really think that that was the case with Odell Beckham. I mean, yeah, he had his moments on the field where you know he would show he had his emo he wore his emotions on his sleeve, but I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a case where he should have, that, you know, should have caused him to get traded. So, like I right. said, Antonio Brown, that was all about it. Like, he, that the Steelers had every reason to trade him away. But with, with yeah. Beckham, you know, why? Because he, because he showed that he wanted, he wanted to win games? Like, what, isn't that what you want from your players? Isn't that he what you want to see? You want to see guys that are fired up when when things are when things are going good or bad, you know? But he wasn't bashing the organization. He wasn't doing stupid things like, you know, Facebook Live. No, he and didn't the even bash Eli
1: Manning, and he should have.
2: You see what I'm saying? So, to me, yeah. I just – that was a – I think it was a personal choice that the, the Giants made. It was it – was, it was not professional, it was not a business decision. I think like you said, it was just Hey, we don't like we don't like your attitude, so you're gone. Instead of trying to work yep. it out with him and, and try to kind of just settle your differences, they just like and Julio Jones is and not that way.
1: Julio Jones is you know, listen, I thought that guy you know, he's a certified badass and I thought he would be a pain in the ass. Julio Jones is not a pain in the ass. Julio Jones is just a small no, not stud. At all. And, and the fact they don't get him the ball or they don't depend upon him, that comes from the lack of the decisions at the quarterback position to get him the ball because every play is number one, the number one target in a pass play has got to be Julio Jones. And if it's not, you know, that's going to be crazy. Um, but, you know, I, I don't see this division – Finishing any differently, Cuervo, than with, with the Saints being out in front in this division. I mean, I, you know, I, I I would love to break down Atlanta, but Atlanta, Atlanta is who they are. It, it reminds me of Dennis Green. I mean, you remember the famous Dennis Green? Atlanta's who they are. I mean, you know what you're getting with them. You're getting a guy that should be able to take you to back to the Super Bowl, but you're not getting them that way anymore. This guy has taken the big crunch and has not recovered from it. And I think this year will definitely be the determining factor on where we see Matt Ryan for the rest of his career. And and that won't be a starting quarterback in the NFL if they don't have some kind of success or at least hit the playoffs. But they don't have a chance against the Saints. Saints are going to win this division by at least three games, if not four. They're just better than everybody else within the division. And the Atlanta Falcons, they should be chawing at their asses, but they're not getting the job done. And Yeah, but Dirk Cotter will be the answer to that question. It's just the dumbest thing ever.
2: yeah yeah uh thank you sonny for another sonny clark famous sonny clark rant on that one um you know (laughs) hey look at least i'm dependable (laughs) i mean you, you you gotta remember you gotta remember there are there is some good that he did for that offense too i know that you you know you with the whole predictability thing and i get all that but um I also think that's why I said they got a chance this year, it's his first year back. So they got that
1: little chance because
2: maybe yeah, they won't be on to him. <laughs> and trust me, as long as they're at full strength, I mean, you know, as long as Tavante Freeman's healthy, as long as yes. Julio's healthy, Mohamed Sanu yes. is healthy, uh, Calvin Ridley, uh, you know, they get somebody. They got the best uh, one, two, three through.
1: punch in the, in the NFL, Cuervo. We're talking about them finishing second in this division and maybe not even making the playoffs. They so got the best one-two-three punch in the NFL right now.
2: I think I agree. I think I do agree with that. Um, I'm, I haven't heard or seen another, you know, trio of receivers that I think are better. Um, yeah. So with that said, I mean, you know, imagine if they had a halfway decent tight end. If they they would be unstoppable, like they you know like they once were when. They had, uh, uh, you know, Roddy White and, and yep. Tony Gonzalez was there. I mean, they, they, were, they, were, they were lighting the scoreboard up back then, you know. And I think they still have the capabilities to do that. It's, it's a little bit different. I think it's a little more balanced now uh, because Devontae Freeman's a stud too. Uh, so they have a good yep. running game. Um, I think they should have tried to find a way to keep Ted Coleman. But, you know, he's gone on to San Francisco now. So we'll see what he does for them. But, uh, other than that, I mean, yeah, you know, three, three headed monster at wide receiver. Dante Freeman, I mean, the offensive line, they drafted an offensive lineman in the first round, which I'm sure you yep. loved to see that. Yep. Um, so they're making sure that they, they keep their, you know, they protect their assets, you know, being Matt Ryan and, and, and whatnot. So, um, you know, and that's why I've got the Falcons. You know, finishing second. Uh, I just think that, you know, with with them coming back uh, full strength, especially on the defense, I think, I think, I think they can get to the ten wins that you were just talking about, as long as they stay healthy. Yep. Like maybe even eleven. And,
1: and and but that would all have to come together, because they do have the Saints. And listen, you can talk all day long. First of all, there's the class of this division. Second of all, they might have had the best offseason in signing players, Cuervo. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Saints. Okay, they pick up Jared Cook. Okay, you know, I'm sorry when they when they added that, that was huge. Then Mark Ingram right back there. I mean, Cuervo, that that is a huge shot. Cameron no, Jordan. Gone, Sonny. What?
2: Mark Ingram's gone. I
1: thought they picked him back up.
2: They didn't. No, he's a Baltimore Raven.
1: Oh, that hurts. That just happened then. Yeah, that happened because I, 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 I've been, when I've been doing the thing, I've been I've been doing it, you know, and the last that I did the Saints because this was an easy, the, I had touched the, the Saints and since, you know, the, um, April, April, yeah, April. So this happened after April. So there you go. So I didn't realize that I didn't put it, it two and two together. You're it right. It was pretty
2: early. Yeah. it was pretty early in free agency when he signed with the Ravens.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I just, you know, I look, I look at a lot of things that could end up happening. You know, I, I think the Saints had a real good off season. I mean, truly, I wish they would have kept him. But um, the fact of the matter is, I I think when I mean, I mean. Looking at, the, first of all, they're the best team in this division. They're going to win it by no problem. Um, then, then you know, off-season moves that are huge for them, you know. You know, I think they even shored up the offensive mm-hmm. line as well, if I remember correctly. Um, so, you know, it, it really inter- – they did lose Unger, didn't they? I think Max Unger, he's done, right? Um, so, uh, he went to a different team. Yeah, but they replaced
2: him with – No, he retired. Yeah,
1: yeah I think they – Remember? He retired. Yeah yeah that's he right retired, he retired, but they yeah they picked up an offensive line out of college i think it was texas a and m some dude out of texas a and m um you know in yeah oh, okay. you know, to to take his spot so um I, I just i can't remember the guy's name uh but um well uh, you're trying I, to
2: think of their first round draft pick
1: yeah is is i can't remember who it was but i i i remember it was texas a and m because that was a uh, you know, it wasn't very far for him to go um, to head over there. So, um, and then I'm going to tell you right the now, free so. agents from the New England Patriots too. So Jesus, I mean, of course it is a better football team.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think you know Jared Cook. That Jared Cook signing is a lot bigger than what people think. I mean, I know he's a little bit older, and you know, people may think that he's you know veteran, not. As, you know, not as good as he once was, obviously, and he's no Travis Kelsey or Zach Ertz, but still can do a lot of things for that and, that. and that's what that's that's what I like about tight ends like Jared Cook is they're versatile. They're not one dimensional, and Cook is one of those guys who can use them in a lot of different ways. So, um, I, think, I think I think the Saints. Who's that?
1: Eric McCoy, offensive lineman out of Texas A&M, that the Saints picked up. They traded up to number forty-eight mm. to get him. So oh, okay. uh, so they didn't now, have a first granted, round number pick number forty-eight, but but not the first exactly, not the first round pick. Uh, but they replaced uh, they replaced them anyway. Um, so um, interestingly enough, but you know, and you uh, know, you're the Saints. You could stand pat. You won by six. I don't know, Cuervo. I, you, when you're the other teams in this division and see what the Saints just totally demolished you all season long last year, you know you you got to make you got to make better moves to be, you know, more competitive within this division. And not not only that, if you are remember, it, depending on how you think the NFC is going to come out. If you're a team that's going to end up second in this division, what you got to do in order to make the playoffs, because there's, more, there's two teams up in the NFC North. There's, more, there's two teams over in the NFC West. Um, depending on what ends up happening in the NFC East, if it's the Cowboys or Philly or whoever may end up happening there, you, you're, you're busting the move to try to make the playoff uh, as a wild card. Remember, there are only two wild card spots Outside of the division champions, so you gotta you, you gotta put it up. So that's where Atlanta's got to be better. I I just don't seem being any better than than the Chicago Bears or the Green Bay Packers, the Dallas Cowboys, Rams or Seattle. You know, they they've got to be better out on the football game and stop dropping games that they should win easily. And I just don't think Dirk Cotter's the answer to that. I really don't. Now, I blast that guy all the time. I mean, but it, it, you – I mean, you got to think that there are better options besides Dirk Cotter. But uh, the Saints are going to run away with this division of football.
2: Yeah, I think so too. I think this one's a no-brainer. Um, I think the Saints win this division pretty convincingly. Um, you know, I, I just – I think that uh, the Saints are going to come out this year, and I don't know if I want to call it revenge, Sonny. But what I will say is that I think I think their focus is finishing the job, and that, and what Absolutely. I mean by that is getting to the Super Bowl, getting to the Super Bowl this year. No Which they should asked, have been in face no, up on that call. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, but I'll tell you, I'm, they're going to come back storming this year, and and there's going to be no debates. No, it's not even going to. I don't even think they're going to make it close. I think they're just going to come they're out.
1: they 13-3, Cuervo. They should have been 14-2 as the Carolina Panthers beat them last week. You know, on a week no mm-hmm. one cared. They should have been 14-2. I mean, it, yeah, I it, mean by, by far, like you said that. I, I think they're – I thought they were the best team in, baseball, in football last year. I really do. 14-2, I mean, even better than the Patriots. Yeah, I said it. In fact, if it was the Saints, that would have been one hell of a game,
2: Cuervo. <laughs> That would have been one hell of a game. Yeah, I, I would have thought so too. I would have liked to seen Saints against the Chiefs, but and and it, and it, you know, a couple of plays would have went a different way. that's what would have yep. wound up happening, but it just it didn't work out. Game of ventures, right, Corvo? Yeah, um, <laughs> literally exactly. And, uh, <laughs> so it just, uh, you know. I mean, a game of inches, a game of just throw the damn flag. You know what I mean? Like, you know. Yep. That's all you exactly. have to do throw, throw the, the damn flag. flag. That's all
1: you had to do. <laughs> but, uh, By the yeah, way, Michael but, uh, Thomas re- reduced his buying. You know, he won the $22 million, Cuervo. They, they were four. They mm-hmm. were $4, mi- uh, they were four million off. So, he won the $22 million. So, you know, that that's an interesting situation. Uh, they're, gonna, they're as far as Michael Thomas they're, they're, at least according to this report i 'm reading is, is that the saints are mm-hmm. willing to go to eighteen million but not twenty two um, So we got to watch that, that, that player right there now, granted, you think about that though that's an extension he 's not going to go to a different football team period he's a saint, but will he be happy? That's going to be the big question, as far as you know, keeping Michael. I think you got to keep Michael Thomas happy, but the thing's to win. I mean, but I mean, I think you got to keep Michael Thomas a little happy too. They might go. I think they'll meet in the middle. Querbeau. They'll go to twenty million.
2: Yeah, I think so too. I I think, and I think that's fair. I mean, you know, he wants twenty-two. They're offering eighteen. You meet in the middle. That's you know, Mm twenty. Twenty is the number I think. But uh, Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you. Next to DeAndre Hopkins, I'm telling you, a lot of people don't talk about Michael Thomas, but he's the next he's the next big receiver in the league. I, I agree. I'm telling you, guys, the guy's an absolute monster.
1: Stud, he's a stud without question. And and Lord, and Lord forbid he gets open. But but you know, think think about this. He's got they got the Saints have four games against the Carolina Panthers and uh, the. Uh, uh, Buccaneers, and uh, they might they might throw they might throw for four hundred five hundred yards in those games. I mean it's, that's how bad, that's how bad that whole situation. By the way, by the way, Panthers.
2: I, I do you have
1: any notes on them? I have
2: zero notes on Panther defense. Uh, as far as like who they have on the roster. Stats. I mean, is, exactly is it you. worth
1: even talking about? I mean, that, that, that's a problem child for them, I think, right? They're they're defense. They they give up points yeah. at the end of the football game, Cuervo, and that is where, mm-hmm. they, and that's part of the reason why they lost really in reality eight in a row. Um, you know, is they're giving up fourth quarter points, big time. If I'm not mistaken, I I might be wrong in that, but I think they gave up a lot of points in the fourth quarter. I I I, I got to look that up, but I you know you got to be able to stop football teams you know, scoring on you in the fourth quarter. Right? If you're not a fourth-quarter football team, you're not going to make it to the NFC Championship game. You've got to be a fourth-quarter uh, football game uh, defensively um, to make it to the NFC Championship game. I believe that. I, I don't know why. I shouldn't. But I go back in tradition and I think about, I mean, the Rams defense. You know, I don't know. Should they have been – you know, the Rams defense started off really good last year. And then they just kind of started, mm-hmm. you know, kind of melting away. I don't know what happened to yeah. the Rams' defense, but but they started off really good.
2: Then they just went downhill. I think, so you know, I think they got complacent, Sonny. If you want me to be honest, I think with they you. did too. Maybe that's got, what it
3: is.
2: They got complacent because they saw how how you know how uh, powerful that that offense is. So they're like, eh. You know, we give up twenty-one points. No big deal. The Dolphins, they got our back. They're going to score thirty-five a game. So,
1: well, they need sure. uh, uh, they 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 need to 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 listen to Wade Phillips. I think I think I think the and I hate to say this because I love some Wade Phillips, but the way you see that happening over there, okay, mm-hmm. is is that maybe the defense of lost confidence in their in their coach, and they should. Because he is Wade Phillips, he's a certified badass defensive coordinator, but but he is an God. older guy, and those younger kids don't yeah. they don't they don't relate to him very well. I don't know what it is about him. Because
2: the year before that, they were pretty good. Yeah, you know, I I I mean, there are there's trust me, there's a mix of personalities there. I mean, between Marcus Peters and keep to alone, those two guys yeah. are like, you know, they've yeah. got personalities and we know that. But I don't think it's necessarily that they're not listening to Wade Phillips. I think they just they have just, you know, they just got complacent. They got lax you know, very lax of daisy with how they were playing. Uh and and but you know, obviously, you know, the one guy that never stops going is Aaron Donald. So I mean right. that's, that's that's the one guy that his motor is never I mean, they could be up 35 mean, nothing. Aaron Aaron Donald's still getting into the quarterback's face. You know, he he's gonna play 100% every every snap, and that's and that's the example that that you want on your defense. And the only problem is that the rest of the guys weren't really following suit. Um, so, you know, I'm sure Wade Phillips was losing his mind at the way the other uh, the rest of the defense was playing. I'm sure you didn't have Absolutely. much to say to Aaron Donald, but uh, but yeah, I don't. But I don't think it's issue of you know them not being able to relate to them. I think that's obvious. I mean that's a given. They're not going to relate to them, but you know what? That shouldn't matter as long as Wade Phillips is putting them in a position to be successful, and they see the results of what he's telling them to do. And then they're like, "Holy crap! Like I'm playing better now because of what Coach yep. Phillips is teaching me." So as long as you see the results, I don't think the whole age thing, generation thing, is really should be a, a, a factor. As long as, should as, long be as interesting. you're playing better, you know, like that's, yep. that's that's what should be important.
1: Should be interesting
2: to see where they go. I mean, because
1: you know, Wade Phillips says, "Listen." You say whatever you want about the head coach, He's, but without Wade Phillips, this is a football team that's lost, and of course they proved it. So you know it is what it is. But you know, Ron Rivera. I mean, you know, I think this is. I I think the the excitement is rubbed off. I think that part is done too. And I think I think the Panthers should have made a change at the head coaching position. Me personally, um, so Oh, riverboat Ron, yeah. Riverboat Oh God, they needed it. They needed to make that move. I think. I think that it was. A, I think that was a drop of the ball as well. But you know, it's hard to. You know, you, you get nicknames for a reason, right? Querido. I mean, so and and, mm-hmm. and and Carolina. You know, if I'm not mistaken, and this is just off the top of my head, two years in a row they won like eight games in a row. Uh, this, this this past year they just reversed it. So, are they going to allow it? How much longer yeah. they allow it? I'll tell you right now. Ron Rivera is on a short leash. If they don't get off, if they don't get out of the gate, this guy's going to be
2: gone mid-season. i tell t- you know what. Tonight, I just thought about something. Ron Rivera is the reason I didn't have a perfect NFC South last year. I'm going to tell you why <laughs> he's the reason. The reason is because in that game, when they were down by one after they scored a of touchdown. Instead of yeah. taking the extra point to tie the game, they went for two. Old Riverboat yep. Ron said he, he, you know go for the win. Let's let's go for two. That's what he said. And they didn't get it. If they would have converted that and won the game, or if they would have just yep. tied it and maybe won the game later on, they would have finished eight and eight yep. second in the division and I would have had a perfect NFC South. But no no, Ron, thank you but, for ruining my opportunity to have a perfect division pick, you know. Get jerked. Way wait, to wait screw over a Bears fan, you know what I mean? Like, you're, there you go. <laughs> no, but I mean, um, look, it, it, if that happens again, and and it costs them a, a win, like like in that scenario that I was just talking about, um yeah, Ron or her is going to be gone because that, I mean the Panthers can't continue to allow that where he's throwing games away like that, trying to yeah, gang, trying to gamble exactly. and go for two That was
1: a classic example of throwing an opportunity to win out the window because they obviously you don't convert it, it, it. Convert it to now. Um, so You got to give your team an opportunity to win it. And yes, granted, you go overtime and everything. A lot of crap can happen, but at least you get the opportunity now. Unless they drive mm-hmm. it down your throat, which in mm-hmm. turn you don't deserve to get another shot at it, so you know, it, you know, it is what it is, and you still end up with a loss. So it, it doesn't make to me, especially if you're the Panthers in that situation, you need you need to tie the game and try to take it into overtime to see if Cam Newton can win the thing for you and let him be the guy. Um, and. Unfortunately, that didn't happen, so that's where they, they – now, granted, they tried to leave it into Cam Newton saying to get the to get the two-point conversion, but I, that, that's a lot of pressure at that time. But at the same time, Cuervo, if you think about that, wasn't that game really late in the season?
2: Yeah, it was pretty – I think it was like November, December time when that all happened. Yeah,
1: didn't they didn't have anything to lose. They weren't making the playoffs anyway. The you know, Saints were already tearing them up, but, you know. Tearing everybody up, and they knew the wild card wasn't coming out of the NFC South, so it's not like, mm-hmm. it's not like they, they had anything to lose. So you're right. So interestingly enough, it, it, it is what it is. Now we went over. You need to get back to your lady. So uh, we should go ahead. And, yes, uh, sir. This one is. But uh, we both we both have New Orleans, Atlanta, and where we differ is third place. I got Tampa Bay making the step over Carolina. Cuervo is keeping Carolina in third Place over Tampa Bay so that's Where we're at so that's going to do it for us On the couch potato sports show Um, I'll let you know Tuesday about where we are as far As the schedule is concerned uh, If we'll be on air Sunday or if
2: we Won't Sounds good Sonny Uh, I'll be keeping My ears and eyes open
1: You got it that's going to do it for us On the couch potato sports show everybody have a good One if we are in air, we will Take a look at the NFC and AFC North If we're not, we'll do that the week after. Check out on my Facebook if we'll be on air or not. We'll do that, and I'll have that decision by Tuesday. Hope everybody has a good day. I am Sonny Clark along with the MVP, Cuervo. We're out of here, everybody. Have a good one. Bye-bye.